Welcome everybody to Achievement Hunting 101. This is level 290. So this is our unofficial 10 episode countdown to the big 300. Insert joke there about the movie 300. I'll wait for Kush to do it. Is achievement hunting. There it is. With us this week, we have me, Big Al. I'm all by myself. Just kidding. That voice you heard was Wild West 08. What's going on, guys? And we have our favorite moose, Kushmoose. Oh, well. And making her grand return, we have Matriarch. Hello. Hi, hello. So excited to be uh, here. For... Oh, yeah, yeah, me too. Thrilled. But we start on a somber note as we ask Wild West, what the hell happened, dude? You okay? Um, I had a good time. I got to see Deadpool 3 oh, trailer. Oh, oh, uh-huh. I don't know what you're talking uh-huh. about. I mean, <laughs> uh, you know, I had some good food. Why? Did something happen? Yeah. Mm, I don't know. Mm. I mean, every, we're on the East Coast. We didn't stay up for that The game. You know, we're oh, did Usher come out with a new CD or something? <laughs> CD. I guess you're old too. <laughs> I am. There's still tapes out there. Oh, cassette tapes. Yep. Trust me, I know. I have, I, keep... buy, uh, I have to buy Taylor Swift CDs, and so I uh, see the cassette tapes out there for Taylor Swift. Yeah, I have a bunch. It's the only reason I keep uh, number two pencils around is for uh, cassette tapes. I know it's an old meme at this point, but I, I recently saw reposted the one where uh, somebody wrote that they had a found a floppy disk and their child said, oh, wow, you 3D printed the save icon. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I've seen that. That's funny. To people of a it certain will forever. <laughs> it will forever be the save icon. Yes. Isn't it the best like when you're watching old or not older movies, but when you're just watching movies either set back in that time or something and they come out with that stuff and you're just like, huh, I remember that. Well, the, the partner uh, meme to that is the, remember in the 1980s when a floppy disk could save the world and it's like April O'Neil holding up a floppy and, you know. Yeah. Or like having to explain to your child like a movie from the 80s, like, oh, the reason they're in trouble right now is because they don't have cell phones. Like they can't, they can't yeah. call while they're out in the woods. Like there's no GPS, you know. Yeah, someone was saying that to me recently that they were watching a, a movie with their kids, and there there was someone was in a car trying to meet someone, and they were flipping out about how they they were running late or something. And the kid was like, "Well, why don't they just call them?" Well, <laughs> wasn't something you could just do at that time. Yeah, we've shown uh, my wife and I have shown our daughters the pay phones that are still around every a little every once in a while. You'll see one, and they're just you know flabbergasted that that they <laughs> you had to stop and put money into a thing to call someone else, and that you only had a certain amount of time to call. Now, what does Superman do these days for his transformation? Since phone booths aren't a thing, it's a good question. 
All that to say that uh, the Chiefs stomped the 49ers. <laughs> stomped is not fair. But more importantly, how are potatoes was... <laughs> Oh, boy. Oh, here we go. Burying the lead. <laughs> there is no lead. And what is the potato skins? Lo- <laughs> um, yeah, so, so I was told to buy potato skins, so I told my wife to buy potato skins, and she did. And they were basically um, baked potatoes. <laughs> I thought they'd be more like uh, uh, scooped out potatoes, but they seem like potatoes to me. Uh, but yes, they they were good. So thank you for the suggestion. I liked them. Um, I liked basically everything. Had a nice spread. And uh, I'm going to join the old person club and say that I wish the Super Bowl was on a Saturday because I was pretty tired on Monday morning. <laughs> but uh, I wonder if that's just one of those things that's tradition and will never change. Nate, did you have a Super Bowl party? Ah, uh, what was that? Did you just what? have a party? <laughs> we didn't do anything. We didn't do anything for the Super Bowl. Um, I, I looked at the oh, commercials no. the next day. Uh, pretty much it. Had it been the Ravens, I might have watched. Um, there was a cool commercial. The Ravens were flying around. <laughs> that that commercial, NFL commercial was amazing. Was great. Yes, the Ravens, the Eagles, and the Seahawks were all flying. It's a great commercial. <laughs> I haven't seen you that. Remember that? Oh, it's good. It's, it's I was hoping that the Lions. <laughs> I was hoping the Lions would come out at the end and maul them all, but it didn't happen. Yeah, it probably doesn't come up on like the commercials lists or whatever because it is for the NFL itself, as opposed to one of the other advertisers. I mean, I'm, I don't know how that works if the NFL pays itself the seven million dollars for a thirty-second spot, but. Um, but yeah, it might not show up. But it was it. It's funny. It's well worth finding if you haven't seen it already. Well, they would probably pay CBS since it was on CBS. Mm, true. And CBS gets all the money for that. Oh, but... right. Because CBS paid the ridiculous money for the rights. Yeah. Yeah, it was the closest Tony Romo was getting to a Super Bowl anyway. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> all right, we got sports talk. We got food talk. Let's talk about some video games, shall we? Actually, we have a, a writing test to get to first. Are we though? Hmm. Uh, we are recording this the night before Valentine's Day, and Kushmoose came up with a great question. And I will have him read this because this is just classic. <clears throat> All right. Uh, goes a little like this. Uh, Valentine's Day is tomorrow, and we forgot to get a card for our significant other. Can you help us write a gaming-themed card? We'll give a prize to the one we like best, and here's an example. Roses are red, violets are blue. There's a new Tomb Raider coming out, and she's still uglier than you. All right. That is amazing. Because in the Discord today, we were comp- we were watching the video comparing the old graphics to the new graphics of the Tomb Raider 1 through 3 remastered game. And um, I think most of us were not too impressed. But uh, 
I'd like to talk more about that later, but we will get to the answers of our patrons who came up with some really great stuff. We'll start with Kush. All right. Uh, patron, but not really first time listener. No, long time mm-hmm. listener, first time writer. Rocker Dude <laughs> says Health potions are red. L is always last. We haven't talked about Taco Bell in a while. There's a podcast? Hey. Stop it. It's on brand. Um, last where? <laughs> and uh, Smoochie Koo Mario had a couple submissions. Um, here's his first, and we'll get to his second later. Uh, Roses are red. Achievements bleep bloop. Be my co-op partner. I don't mind carrying you. <laughs> you. You. Uh, you. You. Oh, Mario. Just making up stuff as we go here. There, there's a visual to this that, unfortunately, on a podcast, it doesn't come across. But just so <laughs> listeners know, in the super secret patron VIP chat, the, the way that the this particular poem was written, the P was under a spoiler tag. So it was you, and then you had to click to get you to get the rhyme. So yeah, yeah. very well done. Because these things rhyme. Uh, so Jay Black, <laughs> Jay Black says, uh, Xbox is green, PlayStation is blue. A backlog of games, but want to play with you. Um, Aww, very sweet. <laughs> yeah. We read them exactly as they're posted. Uh, Erutair <laughs> says, Roses are red. That's almost conclusive. Unlike Xbox's future, our love is exclusive. Uh, very nice. <laughs> go. Well done. <laughs> Way to go. And it's topical like my cream. <laughs> is that anything All like right, Michael well, Sarah's cream? Sarah V. <laughs> uh, Michelle, you can go ahead and read some more, unless Nate I, wanted to contribute his own. Uh, I can contribute my own, but I'd just be reading what I already read at the top. So, well, I oh, was worried. Right. You had the that. good one. You had a tumor. I was worried about that because I don't really do creative writing at all. But the specific question actually says, "Help us write a." a poem which means i don't have to write one oh because yeah we don't have to help. that's right so yeah. I, thank you patrons for this this assistance and so i will uh, read the next set of patron responses Framehole submitted xbox is green playstation is blue and i swear to god if you're a fan of playstation i'm going to dump you so hard and then murder your family <laughs> super romantic oh wow free yeah, doing the uh horror theme there <laughs> got very spicy yeah <laughs> This is uh, <clears throat> these new Halloween movies coming out on Valentine's Day. You can't say it's not passionate. <laughs> this is true. It's true. Uh, Vulgar uh, contributed Roses are Red, Violets are Blue. You are my player one, and I'm your player two. Pretty good. It's adorable. Yeah. yeah. Thank Chad's you, Devin. I know that's I think, meant for me. I think, he, <laughs> no, I think he just found his player two recently. So I'm pretty, I'm pretty happy that no one tried to rhyme with Simul. Oh man! Oh man! Oh, that was that, that was deleted. Put a put a <laughs> that was deleted by fuck. So um, we we no, decided, yeah. you know, we, we want people to and honestly, everyone did such an awesome job. But if we ran it through our you know AI detector and it came up a little fuzzy, we didn't read it. But but fuck did uh, uh, contribute one that he noted was via AI trying to rhyme something with the word simul and, and AI didn't even attempt it. So yeah, <laughs> here we are. I'm right, moving on. Uh, Chesnell says 
Roses are red. The Pope is a vicar. Why can't the new Sonic game come out quicker? Uh, this is a man who knows what he wants. That's good. <laughs> and uh, finally, Freaky Row, he added, Baby, are you a Gems of War title update? Because I like grinding. Indeed you do. Indeed you do. Getting close to that After Dark special there. <laughs> we, we had murder and grinding in the same setting. <laughs> We're running through all the emotions. Freaky Valentine, who is, of course, uh, a member of the uh, Resident Evil cast. <laughs> related to Jill Valentine. Yes. Someone out there gets that. I mean, you spoiled the joke. Oh, damn. That was the joke. Wild West. Uh, your turn. Not good at <laughs> All right. <laughs> We've got a high zone I'm with. Worst. Yeah. A high zone is. Health bars are red, shield bars are blue. I love you even more than Mass Effect 2. Saying a lot. That's I was going to say, that's pretty high praise for him and his yeah, kinda, uh, Mass Effect games. Thank you, Hyzo. He actually means that, so. But that's good. Uh, Chew on Ice submits, congratulations on completing Fumbling Awkwardly in the Dark. Please tell us how long it took. Zero to one minutes, two to five minutes, six to nine minutes, I don't think it counts. I think they were faking it. It's really nice, Chewie. It's really nice. <laughs> Maybe you should report back next week. We can see how it went with you. Uh, Waste, Waste Lover Joe uh, submits Red Army Rules. Suck it, Dirty Blues. We love this podcast, so thanks for all you do. From West Lover Joe, it's a joy to the world on fire to be here with all of yous. <laughs> we always love your response. They're always very good, and we love your uh, what you changed your name to as well. All right, and uh, <laughs> la- uh, we got yeah. Last one is Wheezy Fuzz. Roses are red, violets are blue. Gaming means nothing if I can't do it with you. Aww. What? Oh, game. I think he means game, but yeah. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. <laughs> it's very romantic, Wheezy. <laughs> All right. Next, the hero says, We both know that Valentine's is a scam and that overpriced sappy cards suck. But how cool this poem is an anagram. So figure it out and we can fool around. All right. I sense a nice theme of uh, fake rhyming. Very nice, very nice. Foo uh, Foo Cuddly Poof. Didn't we just read his earlier? No, oh. in this week, so. Oh no, no, that was wrong. Kind of They're not the same person. Oh, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. oh. <laughs> Just bring back some old dead horses. Leave me be. <laughs> Omens are red. The cog are blue. Old man Marcus ain't dead. My tomatoes. Uh. <laughs> That—that's the best one. There, I said it. That one. That one definitely rhymed for sure. Yeah, you'd have to be a Gears of War fan to get that one. All right, we have E.L. Sock. It's in the game. There I sat, a night of gaming ahead, going to work on my non-BC backlog, but the red ring reared its head. So now I'll be with you instead. Aww. And now we have a ballad from 
Skeptical Mario. The game has changed. A sonnet in iambic heptameter by Skeptical Mario for Erin. Obsessing over spreadsheets, hiding loneliness and pains. Endorphins from achievements was a drug that pulled me through. Late nights in isolation in pursuit of endless gains. I let it go and set myself to search. And I found you. You make my heart beat faster than the end boss's phase three. And like a side quest, dates with you are never wasted time. You have more lines of dialogue than any NPC. Your text notification doth outdo achievements chime. And you like me, for me, even achievements in Xbox. We celebrate each other's hobbies, overlap or not. The lives we live are bountiful for sharing in our talks. My dear companion, now it's you who'll catch an errant thought. Having a partner care about me takes my life off pause. To cherish you is my real test. To love you is my cause. Well, well. Phenomenal. Phenomenal, phenomenal. Got that book on my hands at the end. Yep. (laughs) And with that, uh, are we voting on this now or letting this uh, fester? And uh, we can get together and uh, sequester and come up with a decision. You know what I I think we should do? Um, I... First of all, props to Mario on the effort. Everyone did awesome, but actually taking the time to put a 14-line poem together is amazing. Uh, I I think maybe we should take all of these and put them together in a nice doc file that we can share in the podcast chat room and see what people think. See if there's a favorite that emerges from the masses. Yeah, well. I.e. give Koosh more work? Is that what you're saying? How's that give Koosh more work? <laughs> well, anyone that mentioned PlayStation is automatically banned, so that's that's number one. Um, especially Koosh is a, a world-renowned uh, pl- uh, trophy hunter. It's true. Um, much like Lara Croft. So we got the Achievement list for Tomb Raider 1 through 3 Remastered. And I could just tell that this is going to be a Kushmoose list. Um, Discord member Awu said it's probably the best achievement list he's ever seen. And he was not joking. Uh, do you know why he said such things, Koosh? Because I don't want to look at the list until it comes out. Oh, you don't want to look at it, huh? Hmm. I mean, you would like to go in blind, too, but I, I'm sure you give a I, little skimadoo. I do. I, I do like to go in blind. You know how? But, but I've already played these games. So. Oh, <laughs> they, oh, so but they didn't have achievements. No spoilers. And they didn't, yeah, and they didn't have. Um, All right, fine. I'll go look at it while you talk. Yeah, I, uh, I put a link up, but it's not the right link. So, it's, you know, True Achievements is doing that thing well, two links for a while. Well, Lara's not the right uh, Indiana Jones, yeah. so it works out. Yeah, let me... Uh, so how many achievements are there? 
Uh, 200. 269. Wowzers. And it's worth 4,290 gamer score. Was there a joke there that I'm missing? Uh, with that? No, I don't think so. Huh. Right, so I, put the link I know in. that tends to happen. Uh, that is an interesting number. Maybe they'll add on to it. Well, funny thing is there's already DLC for it. At least according to TA. Oh. It's an like game and an unknown pack add-on. So is that a title update, maybe? I don't know. What? <laughs> it's your favorite things that you can't, that you don't get. You just... Drop games and then drop packs on top of it. Title updates. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> now, the, the cool thing about these achievements, yeah, you've got a couple that are, you know, do this level, get all the uh, weapons, do all that fun stuff. But then they have cool ones. Um, uh, you may have already heard about the uh, the butler. Uh, that's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. There's a cool one involving the butler. Uh, maybe you've already heard about it. If you haven't, I haven't spoiled anything for you. Um, but that one's pretty cool. If you know, you know. Uh, then it's there are other ones for... A double entendre there. Yeah. Then there are ones for um, like performing like two flips in the air, uh, diving into a pool surrounded by fire. There's um, let the block fall on your head in a particular room. Um, you know, defeating a wolf while you're both in the air. So not your typical, like get these five collectibles or don't, you know, beat this boss, but like things that aren't necessarily what you have to do uh, to beat the game. Um, just, you know, doing all kinds of cool things. Um, let's see, here we go. Collect 11 underwater items in one breath. You wouldn't normally have to do that in the game. Right to beat the game, but it's just you know it's a challenge for you to do. Uh, <laughs> there at Lara's ancient image on the wall for five seconds. So I mean it's it's a very cool list if you've played Tomb Raider before, uh, especially the old you know really boxy ones. Um, this is a fun way to revisit that uh, and get achievements. I, I'm really liking this list. I'm not liking the price, but that's okay. I can wait for this to go on sale. Uh, and pick it up. But I really appreciate the work that went into the list. This looks like it's going to be a 500-hour completion. Yeah, it very well could be. So it's one list, three games. Um, yeah. Oh, so it's not considered a collection then? Sweet. <laughs> of course it's a collection. Uh, Michelle, did you play Tomb Raider back um, in the day? I played the first one and I played the ones that were on Xbox, like Tomb Raider anniversary and Tomb Raider legend. Um, mm -hmm. They're for what they were at the time and all that sort of stuff. Like obviously very important games. Uh, I mostly would just get frustrated at randomly leaping off of cliff faces that I didn't want to leap off of because I swear I wasn't pointing my controller in that direction. Um, mm. But yeah, I, I don't have the kind of nostalgia for it that a lot of folks do, but I do in, I, I in, 
I, I enjoy them for what they are. I haven't played the new ones though. So it's interesting. It'll be interesting to me to hear people who've been playing the current ones kind of going back a bit, I guess, because they are a little different stylistically, but um, yeah, I, I don't know. It seems like an exciting thing, but I'm, I'm sort of with what Kush said before there's uh there's price involved. <laughs> and so um, I'll oh, definitely be. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I did the the Tomb Raider games on 360 via GameFly. Like, I, I didn't even purchase those, so I don't know. With that said, twenty nine ninety nine seems fair to me. Yes, uh, yes, I'm not saying it's a bad price at all. Um, yeah. What Mario does with their collections and uh, or Nintendo, but yeah, this seems fair. I mean. <laughs> We're the problem with the gaming economy that we won't buy a, a $30 collection, which is exceptionally fair. $30 for hundreds of hours. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think people will buy this one, actually. I, we'll, I think so, too. We'll see. It's already got 121 tracked gamers on TA. Yeah, but when does it come out? Tomorrow, I think. So, time travel. Oh, yesterday? Yeah, so, oh my gosh, there's oh, many tomorrow. layers of time travel here. This is like Inception. <laughs> oh, <laughs> tomorrow or yesterday? <laughs> I told y'all, they just released Deadpool Traver. All the time, time travel. zone podcast. <laughs> oh. All right, well, if anyone plays this game, I'm curious to see how it holds up. I'll be I like the I one, like uh, like Em said. I did the the new trilogy, and I really liked it. But I didn't play a lot of the older older ones too much. I, I did play them a little bit, but not too much. So I'll probably get this sometime and check it out. Oh, they're very different. The, the new ones. Oh are yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I so I didn't play the the new ones other than to dabble in them just a little bit. But the old ones really was a lot of like block sliding puzzle solving where you just had mm -hmm. to move this giant stone yeah. on the right pedestal oh, Did, yeah. is that present in the newer ones as well or they, is it there are puzzles they're environmental puzzles yeah, yeah. they've got a few there's, more polygons there's more combat though <laughs> and there's not a lot of combat either but it's just it's more combat than i remember from the other ones okay yeah there's definitely more combat in the new ones uh in the old ones uh, if there's combat i, I remember just killing like an ungodly amount of wolves right um, it's usually a forest animal attacking you but yeah there there are puzzles like you'll still go in tombs and you'll be stuck there until you figure out how to get out of it and then you'll go further on but there's not very many i would say there's only probably a handful in each game okay it's more action-packed now I imagine. Could, I remember yeah. the old ones being kind of slow paced, to be honest. You couldn't fit that much gameplay on floppies back then. So, <laughs> <laughs> like, you either fought a bat or like a giant bear. There was no in between. That's what I remember. Like, maybe <laughs> well, a dog. And I, I because but those of, bats are annoying. Like, the, I also remember just the mechanics felt slow. Like, just the gameplay felt like it, it didn't. It probably moved fine, but since most of the gameplay was grab this block, move it here, climb up a ledge, jump over there, when you did have these more frenetic fighting moments, it always felt a little sluggish, if I recall correctly. Um, so if that's the kind of stuff they can correct, if they can bring the snappier action gameplay from the more modern ones and sort of marry that with the environmental puzzle play of the uh, originals as they were released, that would be cool. 
So many games, so little time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, so enough about Tomb Raider. I'd love for just someone to play it. I want to live vicariously through someone. Pretty sure who's going to play it, right? <laughs> Nate, yeah. Nate, buy it for me. Uh, uh, give um, me a couple of years. <laughs> well, if you had submitted a poem, <laughs> you could have tried to win a prize, but... Oh, um, I did. Um, my name was Freaky Valentine. <laughs> and I like grinding. So Microsoft is revealing the future of Xbox. And a lot of people are guessing what this means. A lot of rumors going around. What does it all mean, Nate? What does it all mean? It are they going to be making games for other consoles? Do people care about these things? Some people care about these things. Are we going to get their games? Uh, mostly what it means... Oh, we're definitely not getting their games. Uh, mostly what it means is tune in on February 15th. That's Thursday. Uh, 12 p.m. Uh, Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern time, the best time, or 8 p.m. GMT, and who knows what time that is. Um, so, uh, yeah. <laughs> and there will be um, uh, Phil Spencer and was it going to be Matt Booty, too? I, don't know, I, just, I, I like saying Matt Booty. Um, so, yeah, Sarah Bond. <laughs> and Sarah Bond as well, yep. Um, so three pretty big names in Xbox are going to be on the, uh, the Xbox podcast. Uh, talking about the, the future of Xbox. So that seems like something some people might want to listen to. Oh, they're going to listen to our podcast at 8 a.m. when you put it out, right? Exactly. And then they can listen to this one after. Mm-hmm. So today, Thursday, you're going to be listening to both of them. Yeah, it would make no Us sense. first, for sure. For sure. They're going to podcast us. We're not going to podcast them. So, yeah. Oh, no, we're podcasting them. Don't listen to them. Forty three. You heard it here. <laughs> oh my goodness! PlayStation exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> Sunset Overdrive Two Switch exclusive. I mean, do you have a, a bold prediction for what they're going to say during this podcast? Me? My prediction is yes, nothing you. changes. Or anyone. Uh, I wouldn't say it's bull. I'm not going to give it like a crazy prediction, but I'll just say what probably makes uh, what I think they're going to say based on you know the rumors and all the uh, <laughs> all the fanboy uh, freakouts uh, is that yes, some Xbox first party games are going to be going uh, multi-plat. Uh, probably not day and date um, that they they're released on Xbox. Probably not. Uh, you know, certainly, certainly the ones that they're talking, you know, the rumors are about uh, won't be day and day because they've already been released. But um, in, I think in the future, maybe smaller titles um, will go over. Yeah, maybe some of the bigger games will too, but I, I would hope and I sort of feel like they wouldn't be day and date. They'd be like a year out, something like that, six months out, a year out. So a small uh, window of exclusivity on Xbox. But yeah, I, I can see Microsoft wanting to get money uh, for all these big purchases they made. Um, so I can see them going multi-plat with some, but I, I don't think they'll go with all. Yeah, that, that seems about right. Like, 
there really isn't harm in making the sort of secondary like they're going to have such a big first party catalog now there's no harm really in making some of the the games that are not the the super high level ones available everywhere because maybe one catches fire and is just a bigger deal elsewhere so I, I'm, I'm with you. I think that's more or less where we're at. And they will still be making consoles. Nothing too revolutionary. Any thoughts, Jameson? Uh, well, I mean, they've already walked back a lot of, you know, they came out with all this stuff and all these rumors were flying everywhere. And then they walked back a lot of it, you know, as people were just throwing out a lot of misinformation. I'm I'm with Koosh. I think it's going to be like a six or six month or one year exclusivity to Xbox. And then, you can get it on game pass or you can wait a year and play it on PlayStation and pay full price or whatever. If you want to wait for a sale. So I don't think it's going to be anything that crazy. I think you should specify who you meant when you said they walked it back. Uh, So there was a lot of information coming out on Twitter and uh, you know, people losing their minds about that. Xbox was just going out of the console business and everything's going over to PlayStation. And then certain people, uh, you know, walked a lot of their statements back and saying, well, you know, now we're just here and it's, you know, games like Hi-Fi Rush, or I think you had mentioned before, Illuminati. I don't know if I'm saying that right. That's how I always say it, but (laughs) you know, games like that are, you know, those will go over, maybe not, you know, Starfield right away kind of things. And so it's just a lot of misinformation and it's just better just to wait to hear what they have to say. And then we can talk about it and move on with our lives. Are you okay with sharing Starfield? I know it's. I'm okay with it. Okay. I, I mean, it's it, you know, like you know, it's gonna. I mean, how much did that game cost to make in realistic terms, and how much are they getting back from Game Pass? I know they got their subs for a month or two as people checked it out, but you gotta I mean, make the money back. So, if you are okay with sharing Starfield, I think anyone should be. <laughs> I'm okay with it. It's a great game, and I think more people should have. Oh, I'm interested to see the reviews too, like because everyone. <laughs> A lot of people said, you know, would use the term midfield or whatever and say it's not that great. Now, if it's coming to PlayStation, is the reviews going to be, oh, this is great? We'll see. Yeah. And so you think the people in the other camp will all of a sudden love it now that they can play it? I mean, there will, I know, I mean, I read, I read, you know, I read stuff saying a lot of people trashed it because it was not on PlayStation and they weren't happy about it, which I think is kind of silly, but. You think people are that fickle in the video game community? No, never. No. Oh, goodness. We're all Believe we're it. all level-headed and even-keeled, you know? And there was someone on Twitter who claimed somebody else, I think, uh, created like a thousand fake accounts just to give zero ratings to Starfield to tank its user review score yeah. on um, Metacritic. Yep, I remember seeing that, yeah. Yeah. Because Sony cares very much about how people as individuals defend them by review bombing opposition <laughs> games. It's it's all so strange. Yeah. It's just, it's funny as you read the TA forums or you read Twitter or other news comments on other news sites and seeing everyone losing their mind about this stuff when nothing's happened. Right. But it'll be interesting. All right, thank you for that. Um, speaking of nothing happening, it's oh. time for our games showcase. And I'd like to talk to you about a game where nothing happens called Ravenlock. 
Kush, I mean, come on, dude. Like, I gave you my first impressions of the game, and now I've played about half of it, and I'm still waiting for stuff to happen. Like, are you sure stuff's going to happen? I mean, I don't trust you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, so in the beginning of the game, there was I was complaining that it was fetch questy, but now it's basically an action RPG, and RTDL had me play up until um, I mean I don't know the it says forty five hours, but I've played way more than that probably already, and I think I'm like a third through. Without spoiling too much, I got the first uh, thingy that you put on the door. Do you remember? Uh, you have to collect like three things to open a door, the main door. Mm. So I think what you liked about this game, knowing you, is that there's 50 achievements and just about everything you do, uh, it, like drip feeds you achievements throughout. So that's always very cool. You're not wrong. You know, defeat, defeat this boss, get an achievement, level this thing up, get an achievement. And then there's collectibles throughout. What I do like is that uh, I don't feel overwhelmed when playing it. I feel like I know where I, my objective is. I know where I have to go. Um, but it's a little frustrating when you have to kill 10 of a certain enemy, and then you kill all the enemies on the screen, and then you have to leave the screen and come back in to respawn all the enemies and then kill some more. So there's some design choices that were not great with that kind of stuff. Um, but overall, it just made me wish I was playing a Zelda game, to be honest with you. It's not bad or anything. It's just, just kind of there. But I've been playing Ravenlock. It seems like the type of game that so many people have played because it's on Game Pass, but I don't really hear people talking about it too much. Um... But achievement-wise, it's, it's good. Like I said, you get a lot of achievements. And I just got where you can change uh, some of your costumes. So that was fun. You put on a hat, put on a mask to get through. Um... Oh, and did you know that this game is um, based off of Alice in Wonderland? Because I totally figured that out right away and not uh, didn't just smack me in the face uh, uh, a little of ways in. <laughs> Oh, you mean the Mad Hatter? Yeah, was uh, no, was the Mad Hatter giveaway? and the uh, okay, the, the the big cat, <laughs> the um, yeah, mushrooms the, everywhere. Uh, no, okay. What was the uh, Tweedledee and Tweedledum? Yeah, yeah. I think it must be like Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> yeah, to to your point, which is unusual. Earlier about how people don't seem like this is don't seem to talk about the game it's it's just it's kind of a game pass thing i'm just looking on ta and obviously ta isn't everyone but uh mm -hmm. the first achievement in the game is tracked by about sixty-six thousand people the finish the story achievement is tracked by twenty-six thousand people so that's forty thousand people that didn't get through the mm -hmm. campaign and even if you go back further by the fourth or fifth uh story achievement it's already got a drop off of about 20,000 tracked people. It's just, I think mm -hmm. th there's, there's an aesthetic appeal to Ravenlock um, and it got a little bit of buzz. So it's a game that people just 
dipped into, but it, maybe it didn't do enough. And I know Kushu, you played it as well, so I don't know if this is like an, a feeling you share, but it didn't do enough to distinguish itself to a point where it really kind of rose above the noise that sometimes Game Pass creates. Well, I mean, you know, it's it's a cocoa cucumber game. Uh, number one, it's fun to say. Um, <laughs> I, I love cocoa cucumber games because I, I really like that voxel style, mm-hmm. um, and I. I I feel like this was a day one Game Pass drop. Um, I think that's so, right. Yeah, so that that's always fun for me. Like when I hear about a game and it's available on the same day, uh, like I, I just like that. Um, I mean, I just yeah, I it was a fun little game. Yeah, you. I, I don't think I realized last time I talked about this that you started and completed this uh, in one day. Was it one day? Wow. Took you. Yeah, May fourth. That's a good day. Last year, <laughs> one. Yeah, I played for four hours. What a yeah. four hours! I'm. This says I'm at nine hours. Paid no attention to the <laughs> to the man behind the curtain. That 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 can't be right. <laughs> and you blasted through. Four I hours does feel credit. a little short. I feel like there might be a tracking issue there. I mean, you are super good at uh, Coco Cucumber games. You're you're on the. Uh, I am curious what number of completion you were. You're definitely first on my friends list, but I have a lot of friends who completed it. And just uh, well, the completion estimates four to five hours. So this is one of those sort of spot games for a lot of people where they want to get a game that's got some easy gamer score in it that that doesn't have a whole lot of like stuff they have to be worried about, but it is a little mm-hmm. meatier. It's not one of these easy one hour, put it on for 15 minutes sort of thing. So it hits that nice little niche for a lot of people, I would think. Um, I did want to say that in the walkthrough, it tells you about an achievement that's missable, mm-hmm. but it's the type of thing where it's only missable if you are not um, explorative. So basically, there's a treasure chest that appears, and if you decide to talk to everyone and progress the story without opening the chest, you will miss this achievement. It, it's to put on the uh, the witch's hat. So at some point, it's obvious, a big chest appears in front of you, and most people would probably go open the chest, but that one is listed as missable. So the list actually has two missable achievements. I thought you were going to mention the other one because I don't know what kind of human being you have to be that you would miss the other missable achievement, which is for petting the dog. Like, I just don't know how you yes. go through the whole game without yes. turning around and petting the dog. That's um, monster. It is, it is that, missable, apparently. That one's not really missable because it's if you, quote unquote, miss it, you could just start a new game and you could do that right away. It's like one of the first things you do. It's got a flag, though. So, I'm pretty sure they, they call that admissible. You, yeah. you, know, you have to restart the game. game. Yep. No, it's all, you only say that it's admissible because it's, it's what kind of achievement it is. But yes, it's admissible, but I wouldn't worry about that one. And yes, of course, you're going to pet your doggy whilst wearing a witch's hat. <laughs> yeah, so if you do play this game, just keep an eye out for the witch's hat achievement in the walkthrough. Oh, for the love of God, if you see a chest, you got to open it, right? Right? I think so. Uh, so I look forward to finishing the game and giving my thoughts there. I do like that Ravenlock actually talks to the, um, you know, is not a silent protagonist. I'm kind of sick of, of that trope. 
I like when the main character actually talks. It's nice. Speaking of games where the main character talks, I've still been making my way through the original Assassin's Creed. And as I say, every time I mention this game, it annoys me to no end that the game does not have subtitles. So you have to actually listen to the dialogue and make out what they're saying. It's unacceptable. But yes, uh, Altair is, is talking and, and uh, you know, the achievement that showed up on RTDL was to free all the people in Jerusalem. So I said, oh, I could do this without having uh, beaten the game. I just have to go free all the citizens. But uh, the, uh, the poor and the rich districts are open for me, but not the middle one. So I assume I have to the stupid game is making me go and actually make progression towards it, which is not acceptable. Can you talk about how good that game looks? Dude, I talk about it all the time. This game looks amazing. And and the only thing that bothers me is about the game is if you um tap, you know, if you're running to get to where you have to go and you tap into someone and then five people attack you. If that wasn't a thing, I would uh, it just drives me crazy. Like, I know you're probably supposed to be more stealthy. He always, uh, he always ran kind of but... weird to me <laughs> that game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's this, like, big sweeping run that's meant to b- bump into as many people as possible. Yeah. But you hit the nail on the head, Al. It's, it's really the game isn't – it isn't intended for you to be running from place to place. If you're going to move quicker, you usually go up to rooftops and move between mm-hmm. buildings. So if you're running at ground level – uh that's going to be more likely to happen it does trigger too frequently i i agree there but it's also just remember that because yeah oh yeah yeah but then there's jerks on the roof also with their little arrows and then if you if one of them sees you then everyone else magically is climbing up the roofs to chase you so right but you have to to stand there and you have to slow down you have to get up there notice the first guy get that assassination (laughs) it is called assassin's creed and then you can oh. move freely through the rooftops. It, yeah, it's oh. not called assassins run into a group and just start killing people. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Assassins Nickelback. All right. I'm going to name the podcast that just to annoy you. Well, I think I'm actually going to go through and beat this damn game. So I imagine if you go through and don't do all the safe citizens and don't do all the um, the little things that you can go through and it lets you just progress the story. Mm-hmm. So that might be just the way to go. And then I can go back and do everything else. Yeah, I seem to recall that being the case. You can you do hit a point where there's sort of an end game thing that happens but because you can uh, you, you are able to explore everything once it's open. Um, because yes. I, I, I know I think, people collect the flags later, like a common strategy with the flags, because they're hard to keep track of, is to try to collect none of them as you go through the game, mm-hmm. and then follow a video guide at the end once you've opened everything up. Yes, every time I accidentally collect a flag, I get annoyed. I'm like, I'm not going to remember this one of a hundred I found. But uh, there was one achievement I was worried about, which is to see 85 percent of the memory glitches mm-hmm. so i guess whenever you see the um people you have to assassinate you see like a little glitch on the screen and you just hit the button and you see different camera angle mm-hmm. so because i don't think i was keeping track of that from the beginning 
but it does say you could just redo them. Mm -hmm. So it's not a big deal. Yeah. And it's not a hundred percent. It's like 80 or something. Yeah. Yeah. 85%. Right. Right. And then going through the dialogue with Lucy is another one that just seems like another thing you have to keep track of, but shouldn't be that bad. Yeah. So I'm, um, making my way through this old 360 game assassin's creed i don't think there's anyone else on the panel who'd be doing such a thing so uh wild west what have you been playing i've got a bone to pick with chewy with his contest because all of his games involve me going Which back one? to 360 games just like oh we're stuck in the past right now uh the flavor Definitely. of the week what's that Go for it. <laughs> the flavor of the week this time is uh, Dragon Age 2. Uh, oh. Within the last, like, I thought, you know, going back to when I started this game, I I thought I finished it, like, to be honest. Like, when it came up on Chewie's little thing, I, I was completely uh, taken back that I had not finished the games because this was, you know, well within the time where I was finishing games to uh, completion and everything. And so when it... Yeah, this game came out of uh, March eighth of two thousand eleven, uh, and I started. To, I mean, I had played Dragon Age Origins, and I loved the game a lot. I started this about two years after it had been out, and so it had been out for a while. And a lot of the DLC was, uh, you know, I guess at that time there's three DLC packs that have achievements, and I did one of them, um, and I did it pretty yeah i did it right after i finished the main game and so the only thing that i can think of is that i was waiting for a sale on the other two packs and these games just don't go on sale for the dlc the the base game goes on sale quite a bit it was just on sale for three dollars the other week but the dlc hasn't been on sale for a long time and so they're each uh i believe they're each ten dollars when i bought them so they are still pretty pricey um and yeah, so Legacy is one of the ones that I did, and that's $9.99. And the other one I did was uh, Mark of the Assassin, and that's also $9.99 as well. And so they were pretty pricey for, you know, about Mark of Assassin was one to two hours, and Legacy, I think, was about two to three hours. So I think that's a kind of pricey for the amount of content that you get. Uh, but uh, Chewy's Contest has us going back and finishing games that we have 80% or more achievements in them. And so this being one of them that I hadn't gotten achievements since 2013. So another game kind of like, uh, uh, what was it? Uh, Rage that I'd done. So it had been about a decade since I played this. I decided to go back and, and do that. And so uh, the first one that I played uh, was Mark of the Assassin. And that was the last DLC that was uh, released for it. Uh, so just kind of a brief overview of Dragon Age 2. You play as a guy named Hawk. Um, you can import some of your, some of the saves and settings from uh, Dragon Age 1 or Dragon Age Origins. Um, it had been a long time since I had played that. And so when I tried to start up the game again, my saves did not import from 360 to the 1 at first. It took me almost a full night to try to get everything over there. And I finally was able to get some of the saves on. So I don't really know much about how I impacted the story but I was able to get kind of my in-game saves on and then start the DLC from there. Uh, so for Mark of the Assassin, 
you uh, in your home, you're able to start this DLC and you get approached um, when you're in a courtyard, you get attacked by some assassins. Um, uh, Elf helps you out. Uh, her name is Talus. And uh, she approaches you afterwards and says, hey, you know, I want you to help me with this. Uh, go to this faraway land and help me retrieve this item back for me that I need. Um, she doesn't really tell you the whole story, but you just decide to, to help her out anyways. And so off you go onto this DLC. And I had a lot of fun. They introduced a new enemy in there, a new animal enemy that was pretty fun. And the DLC was enjoyable. There was one part where they uh, also introduced a new enemy type that was kind of a to me, it felt like an increased difficulty, even though I was playing on normal at the time. Uh, the rest of the enemies were pretty easy, except for this new one that kind of came out. He wasn't like a boss or anything, but just you're kind of trapped in this room. And, you know, the the difficulty spike was, was really big. But after getting past that and getting to the end game, overall, it was uh, an enjoyable DLC. Um, I will say that as much fun as it is playing uh, these contests from Chewy, when you haven't played a game in a decade, it takes a long time, especially with a game like Dragon Age, to figure out all the stuff that you have in your disposable so you can try to beat these things. It took me a while, especially when I got to that enemy, to uh, figure out you know how best to beat it and everything because I was just trying to figure out what moves I had, what powers I had, all of that stuff. So I don't recommend it. I recommend playing the game from start to finish as much as you want to instead of trying to go back a decade later and figuring out what you had. Uh, the other one I did, I thought uh, that my favorite of the two new DLC uh, packs that I played was called Legacy. And this one has you going down um, into kind of a prison that's underneath uh, underneath Kurtwall a little bit, uh, which is the main setting of the game. And it's a prison uh, that your uh, father has some relation to and everything. And you end up uh, encountering at the end of the prison a new enemy that I think leads into dragon age inquisition which is the new one out right now the number three in the series and so i'm not going to go too much into that because i don't want to spoil anything and i haven't even played it yet too i was just kind of doing some research for this and i saw that the guy that we fight in the end game kind of makes a appearance in the next game so i was kind of excited to see that but i enjoyed kind of seeing the the mystery behind uh hawk's dad in the game and uh fighting you know getting your way to the end and, and fighting this new guy which my daughters also watched me play it at the end as i was fighting him and they were having fun helping me out trying to stay away from some of the the powers the guy was using so overall uh it was uh interesting to go back and see i don't think graphics wise it holds up as well as rage did um it was kind of a little clunky with some of its controls as i was figuring all that stuff out but uh, I still think, I mean, I, I'm a big Dragon Age fan. I really like it. I need to get into the third one. It's kind of a lot bigger scope than Origins and number two are. But I, I, that is one of my goals, as we talked about in January, that I want to try to get done this year is get Inquisition done. And so now that I've finally put to rest Dragon Age 2, I can move on to Dragon Age Inquisition and and be uh, ready for the new one that they'll come out with, I think, either this year or next year. Just a quick question. As a... Uh... A guy who hates decision trees, uh, do you, <laughs> or conversation trees, um, does any of your conversation matter for the achievements? Uh, for the achievements, um, in the DLCs, they don't. Um, and I'd have to look back and see if they did in the in the real game. They they do in the, the sense of, like, you can, you know, they, uh, all the, the two Dragon Age games that I played, you have to 
there are like love-based uh, achievements where you have to romance a certain amount of people of your companions that you'll get. And so if you make the wrong decision in the tree, you can cause them to not like you. And then that you'll kind of lock yourself out in that playthrough of romancing them. And then certain people, like if you decide to play as a male, you know, just like kind of like mass effect and everything, you'll have a certain list who you can romance and who you can't. And same thing if you're a female. Um, and there are characters that will go both ways and there's characters that will only go one way. And so uh, if you decide to be mean to them in mean when you're conversation, when you're having a conversation oh. with them, <laughs> then you can lock yourself out of that <laughs> achievement. But uh, for the most part, I think it's just mostly you would lock yourself out of uh, doing some side quests and stuff like that. If you decided not to help people or be mean to them. So I've never played a dragon age game and I have a question. All right. Is it like final fantasy where the sequels are not really sequels? They're their own uh, story with different characters. Yes. Things uh, from the first one that, carry over there are some characters that carry over um I, I i'm not i know you guys are big more big on final fantasy than i was um so there are some characters that carry over mm-hmm. and there you can import uh originally when i played i remember importing my save over from one origins to number two but oh. i think that was kind of more That's to cool. kind of keep your like choices in line uh and everything but your main character is I different love when games do that yeah i do too yeah yeah but it doesn't lock you out of anything that I that I can recall. It won't it won't let lock you out of any achievements if you do or you don't do uh, sure. or a save. So sure. So I imagine you could play two first, but you wouldn't. There might be some Easter eggs or some things you yes. might not catch if you didn't play one. Yeah, that there, kind of there's thing. some characters you're like, oh yeah, I remember that guy or that girl and everything, and or that that's cool. So. Mm-hmm. I'm fascinated to learn that uh, Dragon Age Two is available with uh, xCloud touch controls. I feel just thinking about it off the top of my head that that probably wouldn't convert great to that environment. Oh, that's terrible. It, it wouldn't be bad, but yeah, it wouldn't. I don't think it would be very good because you do have uh, you with the powers you have, um, you know, you can use you'll use a as your basic attack and then you have your X, Y, B to use uh, certain skills from your tree. And then if you hold down the left trigger, you can go to three more skills behind it. So you have six skills that you can use total. I don't know how that would translate to being touch clouds um, and trying to use those quickly in combat. Uh, so that might be a little difficult in that aspect. I have uh, one other question. Just looking at the top uh, review that's posted on uh, True Achievements, the person's little snippet from their review notes that the game has uh, sloppy AI. Do you have a, like a sense of what that means, or like I, I've not played a Dragon Age game, like so I have. Is is that something you know, or can you speak to what that actually is? Is supposed to tell us? Yeah, I mean, overall, uh, my impressions when I, you know, I was as I was getting the save, trying to get the save ready and everything from my other ones, you know, I was thinking about the game. I I absolutely loved Origins. It's one of my favorite RPG games I've ever played in my life. Two felt like it was kind of a step back because I felt they didn't progress. I felt the AI in general with your companions were not very good at attacking. And so you're kind of left to yourself (laughs) to help them out to prevent them from dying. 
So in Dragon Age 2, I don't remember on 1 because it's been a long, long time, but in 2, you can switch your character. So I had you create your own character as Hawk, and then you recruit characters uh, like any other RPG. So you'll have you know characters around um, that will follow you uh, as you're doing missions and everything. Um, and you can get up to three other characters with you. So you'll have four total. You can use the, uh, the triggers to go and switch characters on the fly. So if you want to have your main character as whatever, you know, if you want to have them as an archer, a wizard, whatever you want to do, you can have them be that. But then you can also switch to the side characters in battle to give them a health potion or what, you know, use something specifically if you want them to do some kind of uh, skill or whatever, you can do that. And so you kind of have to watch them because they'll die fast <laughs> if, if you're not paying attention to them or helping them out. Um, I went as a straight, just assault class, uh, did put all my stuff into physical strength and had a big sword and everything. And so I just kind of would go over there and protect the mages and the archers that I had in my team to make sure they didn't die. So I can see where that would be a complaint because I felt that, you know, even at that time when they came out, I think that they could have made the AI a little bit better equipped to handle themselves instead of having to, you kind of play a babysitter on them. Okay. So I'm excited to see three. Three is a lot higher. This completion estimate is a 60 to 80 hours without the DLC. I know uh, dragon age inquisitions more of like 150 hours with the, with the DLC. So it's a little bit longer. Uh, and I'm excited to kind of look at that in the future. All right. That's uh, Dragon Age 2. And I think uh, Nate was keeping track uh, that it's playable on the cloud because, he, um, you know, next time he goes on vacation, he could play it uh, from the pool. Oh, perfect. So <laughs> I know he gets, ex- he, gets ex- he gets excited about these kind he of things. He can play as a wizard and make the pool cold by <laughs> casting a cold spell. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I, I think when he's in the pool, he makes the pool warmer, to be <laughs> honest. That's what I, it just, what? Just in my area, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which, of course, leads us to Michelle. <laughs> All right. I, so, I, you know, I always try because I'm, I take... You know, breaks between uh, when I join you all and I'm like, oh, I got to really try to play something new that we haven't talked about. And of course, I completely failed to do that. But I am going to talk quickly about two games uh, and I'm going to keep the Xbox 360 party going, actually. And uh, let's talk a little bit about yeah, yeah. the orange box. Um, in case you do not know, the orange box is a early collection game that was released on the Xbox 360. It features Half-Life uh two half-life two episode one half-life two episode two um team fortress two and portal i played i I got this was one of the first games i owned on xbox back in 2008 and um i went through half-life two and half-life two episode one and never did episode two so last month uh, came up in my random to-do list and I've been trying with random to-do list. And this is a theme I'll get back to, to pick one game on the list that I've sort of let sit for a while and, and focus on that and just get some more done. I don't need to complete it, but need to move it along. And so with Half-Life 2 being on or with the orange box being on there and I needed two achievements, Half-Life 2, it was episode two. That was my range. Great. And 
So I did not play Half-Life when it was the new hotness. And I know that Half-Life is regarded for its place in uh, sort of bringing to the fore these kinds of first-person um, physics puzzle kind of games. But for a long time, I held off on playing it because I, you know, does it play too slow? It's not interesting. It's this, that, and the other. And I got to say, even hopping in at episode two, like I enjoyed my time with it. I will be completely clear. And for those of you who have not played uh, Orange Box, you can use cheats that help. There are two specific ones that people use most frequently. There's one that makes you invincible, so you can't take any damage. And there's another one that lets you reload your weapons. I never got a hang of the code that lets you reload your weapons, <clears throat> but I was able to use the one that made it so I didn't get hit. So that made things a lot easier. But the using your, your gravity gun to move boards and get in and out of different situations, the story that's there between uh, Gordon Freeman, who is the protagonist that you play as, and Alex Vance, who's the daughter of a scientist um, and herself is a, a a creator as well and, and is able to manipulate different um, like technical things and, and opens doors for you and electronic gates and whatnot. Uh, it was it was good. Like I, I found myself thinking as I finally finished episode two, because I did manage to do that that I I get why people are now people have hit a point where they are just apathetic about whether or not there's ever an episode three. Uh, but I, I can't imagine having played them at the time and being so excited for where this is going to go because it does end on a on a cliffhanger and never getting that resolution. Uh, so yeah, just I enjoyed my time with it. I did also find out though, as I went through that apparently I never actually finished episode one either, because the only achievement I had left in there, left in there story-wise was the uh, final achievement for, for finishing the episode. And it had been over a decade since I played it. So, you know, I still felt comfortable enough jumping back into the story without knowing what was going on, but I got to go clean that up too. Um, so yeah, if it is backwards compatible, it is no longer available digitally, though. I don't believe you can buy it from the online marketplace. But if you have it, if you have a way to access it, it is one of the best values uh, that was released, especially at the time. Yeah, I remember that having 99 achievements, and that was just such mm -hmm. a big deal at the time because nothing, nothing was allowed to have more than 50 before everyone started breaking lots of rules. <laughs> Does that sound right? Yeah. Yeah, and there, there was just like, Rough. it had really great like in-game achievement tracking. I know Gears of War did as well, but this is one of those games where like not only did it have, so it had five fully featured games that you could play and it it it, it had a, a large achievement list. It also had these other little baked in features that were great. Uh, but insofar as the achievement list too, because it has 99 achievements, it still maxes at 1,000. Because at that point, unless you release DLC, the max mm. was 1,000. And I, it, there was this stretch of a couple days where I had earned like 15 achievements and only had like 75 gamer score to show for it. Because that's how it was back in the day. You didn't get much uh, from from it. Like you know, nowadays, uh, plenty of games out there that are 10 uh, achievements and a thousand gamer score. So it felt so different, but it, it was kind of refreshing actually to go back to that. 
as you, yeah, you, uh, kept, you, you as you played uh, newer <laughs> games, do you feel like this one still holds up well today? I feel like it's it's hard to gauge because I was playing with cheats on, and the thing that would typically frustrate me would be the combat. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm not a big first person shooter player anyway, um, so or I'm not particularly good at them. I should say I do play first person shooters, um, so. I was having a good time because I wasn't worried about tracking my health. Uh, but I think the game is, is important in, in its way. And, and the gameplay does hold up. So when you're trying to traverse through things, like you do have to look at like, okay, there's this plank here and I can pick that plank up and move it here. There's this elevator you need to uh, need to activate, but you need to load a certain amount of heavy weights onto something else to activate it. And that sort of stuff being married with the first-person shooter gameplay was—I I don't want to—I don't know enough about the history of Half-Life to know if it was the first thing that ever did it. But the way it did was so effective, and and fun and rewarding, and you didn't feel stuck because it mm-hmm. doesn't. Even though it's it's very much like a brown scale game, <laughs> there's not a whole lot of color. Um, you you still just like the use of lighting and things like that. Like you never really feel like, huh? I have no idea what to do, and and that they somehow do very well. I remember you telling me it was just weird seeing like 5G achievements pop nowadays. Mm -hmm. Um, Everything seems to be like max or minimum 50 now. Well, the the other game I wanted to speak about actually uh, also has some pretty low value achievements, but it's amazing. Mm -hmm. And so the value of the achievements doesn't matter. We have talked about this game before on the podcast, but it is worth mentioning again because it's amazing. And that is Hades. I think everyone here has played Hades. No, not me. You haven't? Oh, oh my what? goodness. Log you off right to. now. You have All right, I'll to. see you guys later. It is so good. So Hades is, an, is another example of a game that showed up on my random to-do list every month. And I have bean-dived it. I had one achievement in it um, and, and just never really went back to it, kept making excuses. Uh, you know, I just don't know and whatever else. And so this month, I, I was like, all right, I got this. I, I am going to sit down with Hades. And so, of course, the first thing I, I did, because it was an in-range achievement for my random to-do list, there's one for petting the dog 10 times. All right, I can do that. So I did that, and I said it wasn't the correct achievement, and I sat on the game for a couple days, and I was like, no, you've really got to sit down and play it. And it is so good. Like, I, I missed out not having played it all the time before. Hades, in case you don't know, it's a roguelite. You play as Zagreus. He's the prince of the underworld, and he's trying to escape the underworld. You learn more layers of the story as you play through, but I don't want to say too much because at this point, I honestly don't remember exactly what was revealed right at the beginning and things that you learn as you play. It is so smart about how it layers its storytelling through your multiple playthroughs. This is another super giant game, so it's probably not surprising to hear that it's adaptive to things you do like bastion was adaptive to things you do so when you go through a a run trying to get out of hades there are three levels that you go through the bottom is tartarus the second is asphodel and then you go through um it just um escaped me oh the begins with an e was it elysium i don't remember i should have looked that up but you go through the third level which is like where the heroes reside and then hopefully you're trying to get out of hades 
depending on which part of Hades you lose in, when you reemerge back at the palace, all of the people in the palace respond to you differently. How you lost that last battle. Did you interact with this person during that run? It's, it is just, it, I, it is so smart. I can't think of a better way to, to say that. The gameplay is fun. It is very, very good. There are six major, six main weapons that you use. You choose which weapon you want to use at the beginning of each run, and they all play differently. And then each weapon has four what they call aspects, and those aspects all play differently too. So every run feels different and engaging. And there's just, there's so much. I don't want to keep going on and on about all the cool things because part of the fun of it is exploring it yourself and seeing how this stuff grows as you play through and how it continues to evolve in such a way to keep you engaged because frequently with roguelites you sort of hit a wall i think kush you were talking the other week about vampire survivors and how you sort of hit a point where you're like i don't there's nothing more to see right like the game's fine but i i've experienced it hades does not do that to you or if it does it does it after 60 or 80 hours like it's it is just it is so good i cannot recommend Hades enough. The achievement list too is it's hard to bean dive if if that's your thing. If you just want to get it on your tag, I think I think the easiest thing to do probably is petting uh Cerberus, who is the dog, ten times. Um, or you can um, I think you could uh, kill Skelly. Yeah. Um yes. which is this like training dummy, but that's it takes I think you have to kill him ten times, and when you're early in the game, you're not that powerful, so it's easy, but it takes a bit. It's so mm -hmm. again, not an easy game to get on your tag, but it the list doles out achievements at good intervals. Like as you keep getting stronger, as you do more run throughs of the game, uh, as you hit specific criteria, you, you can start to on your runs say, I'm going to focus on getting this done. I'm going to work on uh, you get these like charms that you have to power up by beating multiple rooms. So you make sure you have one of those charms equipped that you can, so you keep working on those things. So the list is for a 60 to 80 hour game, you, you constantly feel like you're working on stuff throughout it too. So the list is also another, uh, you know, huge positive for, I, I have nothing negative to say about Hades. There's no like, but you should watch out for this. It is, it is great. And if you haven't played Hades, like a certain member of the panel, you really need to stop what you're doing and, and play Hades. I know it's not on game pass anymore, uh, which, which may be the thing that stops people. It's, it's worth it. It is, it is so good. It's one of my favorite games that I've ever played probably. Yeah. There's not a single thing that it does, it does poorly. Um, it, it, the music's great. The dialogue is great. The story's great. The action's great. The, yeah. There's, there, you're right. It's so hard to find anything bad to say about this game. Maybe it's hard to come back to after not playing for a couple months. But I don't even think that that's the case either. Because the gameplay at its core is A dashes, X attacks, Y strong attacks. So it may... The gameplay is such that you you enter a run through Hades and you go into a room. Once you clear all the enemies in that room, then the next room opens up until you eventually get through enough rooms to fight the the boss of that lair. You move up to the next level and you repeat that. And there are some special rooms that come up that offer some different things. The core of the gameplay is not hard to figure back out. The only thing that might be a little tough to jump back into is when you're playing it and it's fresh in your mind as you go through the various gods of Olympus will 
come to you and offer you what they call boons. So these are things that will make your attack stronger or give you what they call a, a call, which is you basically call that god down from Olympus and they assist you with some kind of magic. You learn as you play the uh, arrangement of those that you prefer. So one of the calls, for example, is is this blade rift, where if you use that by pressing B, it just causes this big like razor saw to exist for like five or 10 seconds. I like to use that. Other people may not. But if you're playing the game for the first time in six months, you may not remember exactly the things that were your loadout, so to speak. And there's RNG, so you don't always come across the things that you most prefer. But I think after a run or two, you get right back into it. Because it's the, the gameplay is so fluid and easy to pick up that that it's just a matter of letting all the other information click into place once you get a couple runs through. Uh, the other thing that is tough is just the very beginning because you will die in the beginning. Uh, but they did put in uh, the God mode. Did you? Um, I, I did not speak about that. Um, so you can go ahead. I want to talk on that. Yeah, well, I want to hear about your experience with that. Well, and so actually, um, Prue had said something to me about this in in going over Hades with him. That playing with the God mode turn on almost feels like the right way to play the game. So I'm not saying that to say there is a right way to play the game. You don't have to turn it on, but it it feels like it feels natural to the gameplay and not overwhelming. So what the God mode does is every time you lose a run, you get like a 2% increase in, in your defense. And so once you've lost 10 times, now you have 20%. So you can keep that on, you can turn that off, but especially in the early parts of the game where you're, you haven't really learned all the tricks yet and you're, you're still not progressing too far. It's, it's such a small but progressive, like it doesn't feel overpowered. It doesn't feel like the game is handing anything to you. It just feels like it makes, it helps you get just that little bit further in. Um, so I would recommend just turning that on at the beginning so that you kind of have that building up throughout instead of banging your head against the wall and then turning it on. I do believe even if you haven't turned it on at the beginning, you still get credit kind of that extra 2% for every death you've had until you turn it on. But then it also becomes an extra challenge modifier you can use for yourself. So if you've been playing with that on, so I'm at a point now where I, I don't really lose many runs because I have all the weapons. I have things that are powered up in such a way that it makes the actually getting through easier. Um, but if you want to make a challenge for yourself, you can shut that back down and not have that extra bonus. And, and that's a whole new way to experience a run. Uh, we'll get to it, Wild West and uh, Hawkeye Barry. Come on, guys, let's go. <laughs> yeah, there are really so many other things, but to to go in all the minutia would take all all day. But it's it's great. Hades is is fantastic. I'm looking forward to Hades too. That went from like not even on my radar to like yeah, I'm ready. Whenever they say more, I am ready. Uh-huh. All right. And last but certainly not least, we have Koshmos. All right, I'm going to talk about a brand new game. It's not on Game Pass. I know. Combo breaker. Shocker. Airhead is a brand new game that came out on the 12th of this month. It's uh, genre in TA as um, 
a Metroidvania, and a puzzle game. And I believe that needs to be changed because it does not really fit uh, the genre of Metroidvania. There's no combat so far. Um, I have put uh, two and a half hours into the game, so that's not a lot. So this is kind of a an early look into it, an early uh, you know first reaction to it. Um, <clears throat> I would say, from my experience, uh, it is more of a limbo-like slash puzzle platformer, which is why I immediately bought this <laughs> once I watched the <laughs> gameplay. I was like, "Holy crap, this is for me!" You play as this uh, organism that doesn't have a head, but oh. yet it looks like a decapitated Ooh. body, right? You, you look like a body that has no head, but but you don't need a head because you are an organism that doesn't have a head. Uh, and very quickly on, uh, you find something that basically acts as a head. You kind of pick it up and you put it on top of your, uh, I, guess, I guess your shoulders? I don't know. Put it on top of your actual head? I don't know. Um, and you'll then be using that head uh, to solve puzzles. Um, not only that, but it's some for some reason, when you put that on your head, you suddenly need oxygen. Um, so now, <laughs> because you found this thing, uh, you need to keep it, you know, uh, oxygenated, right? You got to keep it with, you know, uh, air. You have to manage that air supply. You run out. Um, the game kind of goes to grayscale. You kind of slow slow down. That takes about five seconds, and then you die. Um, but what's nice about this game is that every time you use a canister to reinflate that head, to, to refill the oxygen tank, um, you have essentially created a save point um, or a checkpoint. And so that process uh, between tanks is probably no more than 30 seconds. So the farthest back you can go, if you die, you make a mistake, is 30 seconds of gameplay. So that's what's kind of genius about this is no matter what kind of progress you make, no matter where you get yourself stuck, um, you can immediately go back to where you were 30 seconds ago. That's just the way it works. Uh, another nice feature I discovered about this is when I went back in to load the game, uh, I was like, oh, I wonder what happens if you if you go to start a new game. Uh, so I didn't do that, but I looked at the load option. And from there, I could look at um, one of three save slots, because I haven't created any more saves other than the first one right now. But I could then go to backups. It was making backups. Every time I used an air canister, it had stored that as a backup. I don't know how many back it went, but it was at least you know four or five. Um, so if you, I guess, get yourself in a bad place, you can go to that save file and you can dig back through several backups and load from that point. So this game's kind of thought all that stuff. Um, it's pretty cool. Um, the art style is, uh, it's a side scroller sort of, but it kind of does this 3D thing. Sometimes when you run uh, to the right or whatever, the camera will start to rotate. The, the level will kind of go around the curve and the camera will kind of follow it. Uh, it's a low polygon 3D style. Um, but they're done well. It doesn't look bad. It looks good. Uh, and the background kind of has like a grainy film texture to it. Um, so it's, it's, you know, very atmospheric. They, they do a great job of parallax action. Um, there's, there's at least three layers going on. Sometimes there's things that pop in front of the camera just for a second. So it's really, really nice, really pretty. 
Um, and uh, I just I like the the detail that went into it. Um, the puzzles come when you're trying to figure out how to navigate a room, right? How, how are you going to get from this point of the room to this point in the room? And they do that thing where you think you understand the puzzle. You think, oh, there's only one thing you can do, but yet in one room you're doing, you're using the elements multiple different ways to solve the puzzle. Like the first part of the puzzle uses this element this one way, but then once you get to a position in the room, you've switched something, and now you're going to use that same element a different way to get f- farther in the room. And that it just it kind of blew my mind a couple times the different things uh, that they they need you to do uh, in order to solve these rooms. Um, I shouldn't say that they're they're rooms. It really has this map, um, and there's no like distinct switching between rooms for the most part. When you go to a, a major area in the in the level, for instance. Um, then you might get like a little load and kind of a roll. Uh, and, and the puzzle really is all about, okay, well, how do I get around uh, and, and navigate to where the game wants me to go? Um, there are options in the game where you can turn on like signposting, like, oh, the thing you need to get to is up in this northeast corner or whatever. So you really need to start moving your way up there. Or you can turn that off and kind of just kind of explore the map as you want to go and just go areas where it's dark. And then that'll kind of get you through. I'm using the signposting. Um, and, and the puzzle really becomes, okay, how do I carry this head around, keep it, uh, filled with, you know, oxygen, um, and then still climb elements and push things. So a lot of times you're like dropping your head so that you can push an item, then running back, grabbing your head and making it to an oxygen tank before you run out of air. Um, and sometimes that might be really simple. Oh, I dropped this thing. I pushed this block. I grabbed the head. I'm done. Uh, other times you might be dropping the head, running around a couple levels, moving a thing, dropping down a completely different way and getting back to the head in the same amount of time that it takes to, to refill the oxygen tank. Um, sometimes the tanks that you're filling um, are less dense than air and your character will kind of like float up like a, like a, you know, hot air balloon. Uh, and I found another tank that is more dense than air and that will cause you to sink. And they'll use that to break structures, to make you sink underwater, all sorts of cool little um, variations on the theme of just inflating that head. Uh, it's great. <laughs> I'm really enjoying this. Um, the only cons that I've run into so far are that every now and then I get stuck on the geometry. But, and, and sometimes it'll be, it'll be an annoying little stutter and then you'll move. It's not a problem. Other times you'll kind of get stuck in this little position where you're kind of like falling, but you're only like an inch off the ground. And your guy just keeps <laughs> just like doing the, uh, the oh no, I've fallen backwards fall, like in movies. And he's just doing that in midair for, uh, until you run out of air. But like I said, you can very quickly go back to that uh, last checkpoint that you had when you last filled up your air tank uh, by hitting the, uh, the left bumper. So it's very easy to get out of those little sticking points. It's not the worst thing in the world. Yes, it's a little annoying. Maybe they'll fix it. I don't know. Uh, as you're going through the game, it has a built-in hint system that you can choose to use or not use. Um, you can click the left stick in at any point uh, when there's an icon on the top left screen, and it will give you like a text-based kind of hint. Like, oh, well, maybe 
maybe these creatures could help you if you somehow, uh, you know, help them. So that'll kind of give you an idea of like, oh, okay, well, how can I help them? And you sort of figure that out. I've, I've used that a couple times. I haven't gotten too reliant on it, uh, thankfully. Um, you know how sometimes I don't like to use walkthroughs because once you once you break the seal, oh man, you're just you're just following like a guide, uh, and I don't like that. Uh, luckily, this one doesn't have a guide yet, uh, and, and I've been forced just to kind of play with it. Uh, the HUD on this is very minimal. It's mostly just the screen, the, the puzzle that you're running through, the world you're running through, uh, and your gauge in the in the lower right corner that shows you how much uh, air you have. Um, you will be upgrading that uh, that for lack of a better term, head that you find and you use as a head, uh, you'll be uh, upgrading it to get extra tanks of air storage, but also extra features. Like you'll be able to turn on the light uh, or you know, basically have it illuminate dark areas at one point. You'll also have the ability to use uh, objects that you weren't able to use before. Um, so yeah, so as an early preview of this, I'm really enjoying this. I think uh, it is a, a fun game. I would, I'm really looking forward to completing it. So I, I'm just, I'm sorry if you mentioned this before, but I, I'm looking on, on true achievements. It did, the game did just launch this week, but it has no pricing information available. Um, how much does it cost? Yeah. TA is some issue with the pricing. It's $20. Okay. Um, and you get like the little discount or whatever. So I got like two bucks off or something uh, just from Xbox. I mean, just looking early, because it's the right now, as of when we're recording, which, you know, 24 hours after launch, it's only been tracked by seven gamers, which, you know, is kind of the unfortunate uh, you know, Game Pass player tax. If it doesn't get launched onto Game Pass, some of these things get missed. But it looks like, you know, everyone's done very little in it so far. I know you don't like. I don't want to spoil anything on the list, but just looking ahead at it, there looks like some pretty interesting things that it's asking you to do. Like there's definitely a lot of potential in this. Uh, do you see yourself, because I know you're sort of dabbling in it now. Do you see yourself continuing to stick with it? Are you intrigued enough by, by where it's going? Or I know you mentioned some of that jank. Do you think you might wait to see if they, they put out a patch or something to address some of that? Well, no, that that wouldn't be why I wouldn't be playing this game. The reason I wouldn't be playing it is because something shiny came along and mm -hmm. I got distracted, uh, as I always do. Uh, I I have looked at the achievement list. Um, there's there are 29 achievements. I currently have six, and like I said, I've been playing for about two and a half, almost three hours. Um, some of the achievements are kind of cryptic, so I don't really know what they mean yet. But other ones are pretty pretty easy to understand. Like oh. You beat the game or collect all these things. Um, then there are some fun ones. Uh, I shouldn't say fun. They're not fun like Lara Croft fun. Uh, but they're <laughs> <laughs> they're interesting. Like, oh, well, how would I actually do that? How would I um, uh, have the longest possible fall I could have? Um, so that's like something that as you're going through the game, you'd be like, oh, well, here's a really tall mine shaft. Maybe I could drop mm -hmm. down there. And falls don't kill you. So you could always just mess around with that. Um, like diving underwater with an inflated head. Well, how do you do that? Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, uh, I, I think that uh, it's not a simple 10 achievement list. So 29 is pretty good to me. And um, I think that some of them are for creative solutions to problems, like things you didn't actually have to do, but, but you could, um, if that makes sense. 
Yeah. And it looks like, too, like, so obvious, like you were saying, you have the head that you collect and, and all that, but it looks like you also, throughout the game, collect eyes and ears. And I wonder if they have any impact on anything or if they're just straight aesthetics. It's it, it's intriguing, that's for sure. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't think I've collected an eye or an ear yet, so I don't know what those do. Um, it could just be that those are upgrades to the head, and they're you know they calling they're mm-hmm. calling them eyes and ears. Um, I, like I've gotten some upgrades that just give me new abilities, and other ones that just add like an extra tank of air, um, or a smaller extra tank of air. Um, but yeah, it looks cool. But yeah, I, I think that Metroidvania once people actually played this, that's going to go away. It's going to be it's just going to be a platformer or a puzzle platformer. Um, and I'm okay with that. I enjoy this type of game. I, you know, it's, it's not exactly a limbo like, but you know, it's got that puzzle platformer aspect to it. Um, for sure. There are a couple, uh, two achievements, I think for beating bosses, I'm going to assume that they're, you know, you solve yeah. them by environmental you know, with, the, with environmental issues, mm-hmm. you know, attacks. So. Yeah. I'm guessing the fact that it has a map might be why whoever tagged it initially put Metroidvania. Cause it, like, Looking at some videos too, it looks like it aesthetically reminds me also of stuff like uh, Black the Fall and things of that nature. And but I, they don't typically have maps, right? They just kind of move continuously in a sort of linear fashion. So that's the only thing I can think of. But I, I agree with what I'm seeing with what you're saying that it, I don't think that Vayner tag is going to stick. Yeah, I think that um, somewhere where I think where the developer was talking about it. I think they might have mentioned Metroidvania or something. Somebody just got into the head there's Metroidvania and um, mm-hmm. somehow that's how it got genred. But once anyone plays it, I think they're going to know, oh yeah, it doesn't really fit. Yeah, yeah you get abilities, but yeah, you, it's, it doesn't really fit a Vayner. It doesn't feel like it's going to pass the double jump test. <laughs> yeah, I don't think there will be a double jump in this game. Might be a jump and float, but no double jump. <laughs> So, Nate, more importantly, are you going to be the first person on TA to finish Airhead? Oh, probably not. Um, oh, come <laughs> on. I mean, I get I get distracted by shiny things. I've got a couple other games I'm playing that I've you know I just recently started, and and uh, on Thursday we're getting some more Game Pass games that I'm interested in. So, yeah, I'm probably going to get distracted. Uh, I'm not going to have this be the only come game on. I'm playing. I will probably not be first. You I mean, we haven't mentioned airheads. We haven't mentioned airhead since we were talking about the worst Halloween uh, candy. So, um, <laughs> you uh, need uh, <laughs> <laughs> what? I just, I just speak the truth. No lies detected, as the kids say. Uh, kids are dumb. All right. Well, yeah, I was asking. Um, on TA, it says Puzzle Metroidvania. We think the Metroidvania is going to go away. But are there any Metroidvanias that are also listed as Puzzle currently that you know of? Hmm. If I can't, only there's a way to search. It's, it's funny because it's fun. Well, I I, I have Kushapedia that I am asking. I mean, <laughs> you, I trust you more than TA. I would if um, I had to get what I was gonna say, what I was gonna say is that honestly Metroidvania's in their nature are puzzly, in my opinion. There's a lot four. of times you have to figure out it's like a Zelda thing where you f- step on switches and this and that and 
a lot of them are just puzzly by nature, but don't get the designation. Yeah. When, I, when I'm searching, I'm finding five Airhead, Superland, Superland on Windows, Superland six inches under, and the last case of Benedict Fox both have Puzzle and Metroidvania. Oh. I remember when you were excited about that game once upon a time. You do like yeah. shiny things, don't you? I still like that game. Um, I just It does uh, not have good combat. Well. Mm. All right. So that was Airhead. Very nice showcase, everybody. Which leads us, of course, into sales. And Kush, we haven't heard your voice in quite a long time. So if you want to uh, tell us what tabs you have open, that'd be great. Sure. Uh, I got three things to look at. There's Saints Row Gold Edition. This is the new version of Saints Row. Um, you can get the base game for $9 down from 30 which is, yeah, that's not bad. Or you can get the Gold Edition, which contains all the DLC for $18 down from 40 That's a little better. Uh, this is a third-person shooter open world, 54 and a half to 67 hours of gameplay. Um, next up, we have Gunborg Dark Matters, which is $3.74 down from 15 This is a run-and-gun game. It reminds me of some other run-and-gun games, like uh, Velocity 2X. Actually, I'm not sure if that genre is, is running game Blaster. or not, but uh, I, I like that game, and it reminds me of that, so that's why I bought it. Uh, next up, we have Oceanhorn 2, Knights of the Lost Realm. Speaking of uh, Zelda-like games, uh, Al no. talked about wanting to play those. The original Oceanhorn uh, was a phone game, uh, and it was a Zelda-like, and it was good. It was okay. Uh, you know, it was the Zelda-like we have at home on Xbox, and uh, I enjoyed it. This is Oceanhorn 2. It looks like it's better. It look like, looks like it was designed for consoles, maybe, or just really good phones. It's $17.99 down from $30. Uh, it's an action-adventure, 15 to 20 hours. Maybe a little pricey still, but oh. uh, I'm going to put a watch on it. Or maybe just get the first one. That's uh, $3.74. Or is it going to be like too much like a phone game? It does not look... Sure well, nice. the, first, yeah, the first one definitely looks like a phone game. It definitely feels like the control scheme is limited on purpose. This next one, the UI looks like a full console release to me, but uh, I haven't played it yet. Um, I remember... Uh, talking about another one of your sale games, I remember when Saints Row first came out, and it was pretty um, maligned. Like, does anyone know if patches came out to make it better? Like, I, I'm just curious if if um, it has gotten better since it came out. And I guess no one knows, but if anyone knows, let me know. I'm curious. Was it maligned for gameplay, or was it maligned for? That's what I'm not. That's what I'm not sure. Like, I, I know that, just that obviously <laughs> sensibilities have changed and all that but part of part of what attracted people to saints row after the first couple was it sort of a reverent nature it was like a parody of grand theft auto more than a serious mm -hmm. game in that style and and again sensibilities have changed there's more you know cognizance mm. of that sort of stuff and so i think a lot of that got removed and i felt like a lot of the a lot of the, the pushback on it was that it it wasn't in that uh, it may be gameplay stuff too but like that the the sort of personality of it was different they took out stuff 
I thought you were going to say it offended people now that it wouldn't have offended, but... Um, no, I think it went the opposite. I, I could be totally wrong about that. this, but I think it went the opposite way, that it sort of, uh, you know, decided to forego some of that personality because it, it feels tone deaf or it's just the wrong time for it or something like that. But I, I could be mistaken, that, but I, I seem to remember that being uh, part of what was out there about Saints Row. But the first couple weren't goofy like that either so if it's meant to be sort of a relaunch of the franchise it's more in tune with it being closer to the first couple i would imagine i'm not sure yeah i mean what's all up since row sounds good to me so i'm gonna say that infernax is on sale for 13.99 this is notable because a lot of people played this when it was on Game Pass, and then they so rudely added a title update and new achievements after the game was off Game Pass. So it's a $20 game. It's $14. And unfortunately, that's the lowest it has been in several months, but it is on sale if that's what you wanted to do. Um, The Last Campfire, which is um, one of Nate's favorite games of all time. Uh, he actually plays us around the campfire after coming back from the pool. So, <laughs> you know, he, he he's a big fan. And, of course, uh, one of my old favorites, Siggy, a fart from Melusina, is 99 cents. Normally five bucks. It is... Uh, platformer, but it looks like Mario and Ghosts and Goblins had a baby, and it is a one to two hour. Oh my goodness, one to two hour completion. But uh, you can get that done pretty good in an hour or so. And Michelle. Right. So speaking of Saints Row, um, just wanted to highlight that both Saints Row 1, or as it's listed on True Achievements now, Saints Row 2006 and Saints Row 2 are on sale for $1.49, down from their normal $9.99 price tag. More just as a look, we all know about 360 marketplaces and all this other stuff. Saints Row 2 includes quite a bit of boosting. So this might be a good time to jump on picking those up if they're of interest to you uh and also wanted to point out nine monkeys of shaolin this is a beat-em-up that takes 68 hours to complete although in some of my uh reading about the game i guess there is a way to use uh, hook up a keyboard and make it a sub one hour completion but uh, you know you do what you you feel you need to do uh it's down to one dollar and 99 cents from its normal 1999 uh, it does have online and offline co-op, but it does seem, again, in a little bit of research, that the achievements do pop uh, only for the host, which is unfortunate. But at least you can get uh, someone online to to help you out and enjoy the game with. I have to mention, um, <clears throat> I love this developer. I, Nine Monkeys of Shaolin and Redeemer Enhanced Edition. Mm -hmm. uh, definitely Redeemer Enhanced Edition, I feel, is a you know, you know diamond in the rough. Like, people just skipped over it it is a fun kind of running gun slasher type fun game it's just great it's fun very fun and nine monkeys oh go ahead uh, nine monkeys seems like it's uh maybe not as good as that to me but it's it's also fun and i just noticed they have another game 
that they didn't have last time I looked. It's only five dollars, uh, and it's a uh, it's a roguelite. So I'm gonna check that. We're medium sentinels. Actually, they have um, a bundle on sale as well that includes Nine Monkeys of Shaolin Redeemer Enhanced Edition and Ash of God's Redemption, and it's a dollar ninety nine for that bundle that includes all three games. So that might be worth checking out as well. GMO. All right, uh, I've got two games that I saw that I thought looked interesting. The first one was called Before We Leave. It's four dollars and ninety nine cents down from nineteen dollars and ninety nine cents. It is a simulation management game that's about a 60 to 80 hour completion. Um, it looked kind of like a civilization had a baby <laughs> with itself, like a easy baby. Uh, and so it just looked uh, interesting. I'm going to check that out, I think, this week and uh, get that. And then the other one uh, was Mighty Goose. It's $7.99 down from $19.99. It's a run and gun, six to eight hours. Uh, it looked really fun. So I'm going to check that one out as well. Matrix, I think you reviewed that at one point. Yeah, Mighty Goose. Yeah. Mighty Goose was fun. That was a uh, game pass, I believe at some point. I'm trying to think if I'm uh, confusing that with something else, but, uh, but yeah, it is, it is a fun little, like not it, it, the, yeah, it definitely was on game pass. Cause it, there's no way it would have a 2000 TA score otherwise, but uh, yeah, that six, eight hour estimates, right on the mark and yeah that that's a good choice it's kind of it's it's easy ta it's not a stressful game at all it, it was enjoyable yeah i must have missed it when it was on game pass and probably just put a price watch on it and i saw that it was on sale this week so i was like all right yeah, there's an s rank achievement for the game but i i do believe there's there's a solution on ta that kind of walks through how to get yourself equipped and ready for that it's really not that bad to do. Don't get turned off by the by the score if that's something that would bother you. Now, is there a, a goose a leaderboard with this and uh, Untitled Goose Game that you can join? Maybe add goosebumps to it. I think we need a new genre. I mean, yeah. I mean, come on, TA. You have everything else wrong. I mean, TA is great. Yay, TA. All right, Mighty Goose. Some games about ganders, I tell you. All right, Game Pass news. Mr. Wild West 08. Yeah, tell yeah us we'd get so coming. much uh, geese commentary in this, <laughs> in this podcast. All right, uh, out now, we've got Resident Evil 3 uh-huh. on cloud console and PC. Third-person shooter, survival horror, action horror, 20 to 25 hour completion with the walkthrough. Uh, we also got Classic. a little to the left on cloud console. Uh, it's a day one release there. And I just got the notification that we got bloodstained ritual of the night cloud console and PC returning to game pass. It's a platformer Metrovania 40 to 50 hour completion. And then also we have plate up on cloud console and PC. It's a party game. Later on this month, in February 20th, we have Return to Grace on Cloud Console and PC. Steam has it as an adventure game. It's a first-person narrative set in a visually stunning 60s retro sci-fi world. Mystery narrative where player choice affects story branching, clue discovery, character relationships, and the game's thought-provoking conclusion. 
experience a variety of interactions from harrowing balance beam crossings to hacking ancient computer systems to operating an unwielding flamethrowing jetpack. Evening size game that can be completed in one sitting and and replayed for different experiences. Sounds very interesting. Uh, Leaving Game Pass uh, on February 15th. So by the time it comes, this podcast comes out that will most likely not be able to play this anymore but you've got opus echo song of starsung full bloom edition uh and galactic civilization 3 on windows and then of course we'll be game passed so and then we'll have more news hopefully next week so it was a little to the left uh the lead game in the uh press conference because uh that was on switch for the last year and now we're uh, xbox is getting it i know nate's been looking forward to this one uh yeah this is one one i'm I'm looking forward to it's a puzzle game uh and yeah it has cats not dogs but i'm still interested yeah (laughs) yeah it's about kitty cats yeah just make sure to be cat sided for it just just a little um (laughs) just a little to the left you're just picturing a cat trying to knock something over and Oh, wonderful. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. All right. We are at that time where we talk about the amazing accomplishments of our listeners, otherwise known as Brett Camp. Michelle, as our guest, you can go first. And so I shall. Let's kick it off with some completions that people milestones that people have achieved so for david 89 has reached 100 completed games winter muted has reached 150 completed games el sock is at 450 completed games what the fug has passed 700 completed games nutty ray at 950 completed games northern last with 1000 completed games dave bodum with 1,100 completed games, and Mental Night 5 is on this list twice for having completed in the last week both 2,100 reached, I'm sorry, the milestone of 2,100 completed games and 2,150 completed games. That's intense. Congratulations, everyone. In streets, we have DJ Zibbyman with 50 days. We have Johnny Delicious with 200 days. We have RPG Davey with 300 days, and he's joined by Daytime Comet. New name, thank you for friending us. Mm-hmm. Chesnut with 400 days. Junior Mario 2004 with 600 days. Surf Biscuit with 1,600. Unky Tim Fu with 2,650 days. Prue with 2,900 days. Matrark is not just joining us so she can hear me say that she's got 3,800 <laughs> days. Uh, and we have Matt iPad with 4,000. The only reason she joined. That's right. All right, uh, gamer score. We've got Nebulae with two hundred thousand gamer score. Dino Man eighty seven with four hundred fifty thousand gamer score. Crazy Catman with six hundred thousand gamer score. Expovos with six hundred fifty thousand gamer score. WD two three with eight hundred thousand gamer score. Dunkos with eight hundred thousand gamer score. R five six Cooper S one one sounds like a password there. Eight hundred fifty thousand <laughs> gamer score. Facial Lafleur with nine hundred thousand gamer score. El Sock with 950,000 gamer score. Shadowless AU with 1 million gamer score. Congratulations on that. Uh, Sniped by a Girl, 2.6 million gamer score. Mental Knight with 3 million gamer score. And then just to top it off, he hit 3.1 million gamer score. 
in leaderboards. I'm trying to be nice. Death Dealers is in the top 10,000 of Achievements 1 leaderboard. Kingsman is now third in USA Gamer Score leaderboard. Uh, board for Sandbox, uh, speaking of cats. Uh, Luke17000 is now in the top five of the TA Difference leaderboard for Windows. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, MDP73 uh, is now in the top five of Ontario Gamerscore leaderboard for Point and Clicks. Uh, he wants to simul some artifacts with me. And uh, Ross Saucer Ross is third in Georgia Completed Games leaderboard. And Mental Knight 5 is in the top 10 of TA leaderboard for Adventure. I wonder why. And he decided to tag me in, in Brad Camp for some reason. Let's see what he said. Uh, at Big L, Breakout was my last intentional completion and my... Uh, and my last intentional completion and my last intentional achievement, something I did in a game just because it was on a list. Huh. That's in the game uh, Breakout Recharged. It's called What Shall We Do Now? And uh, What Shall We Do Now is also what we say when we get the last thing in a list for a contest. Oh, he tagged me again. It seems fitting enough since Breakout was probably one of my first four video games back when those were only available at my cousins. And sitting there wiggling two controllers on my lap, try after try, because the Microsoft gods told me to do this, is a perfect example of the nonsense I'm happy to be done with. <laughs> oh, come on. Breakout is a classic. Oh, yes. He got the achievement uh, complete all challenges in co-op mode. Oh, how come you didn't invite me, Mantle? I would have helped you for sure. Totally good at that game. Thanks for tagging me. Everyone else should be tagging me with their, uh, you know, anything with uh, completions, a hard achievement they got, uh, having a baby, whatever it is. Just tag me. I want to read your stuff. New food for you to try. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So eat uh, potato skins. Do not eat airheads. That is the moral of the podcast. And, <laughs> um, and always eat. Uh, chicken wings as well uh, thank you so much for joining us michelle yeah. wild west kush moose like i said at the top we are on the road to 300 so we need to make a nice fun uh, cgi movie that takes place many years ago that'd be a good licensed property right uh nate I'm not gonna lie, I'd play it. <laughs> <laughs> we know you would. We know you would. <laughs> and you might have. It's called Rise. <laughs> so um there you have it. Which of course was like Gladiator. Are you not entertained by this podcast? I hope you were. And class is dismissed. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. See ya. What's your catchphrase? Oh, uh, uh, no, I've been put on the spot. Quack, quack. It's we're quack, fumbling quack. the end. <laughs> There's a football reference. All right, we're done. <laughs> oh, I thought you were saying it's her catchphrase. No. Oh, oh, man. I'm feline good about it. All right, oh. I'm in the recording. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs>
Hello and welcome to episode 8 of Game Passable. This is the beginning of February 2024 edition, even though it is smack dab in the middle of the month. This is your home for all of those Game Pass goodies and publisher analytics that we like to dissect and dissolve and figure out when we need to be playing these games. I, of course, am Freemhole, and I'm here with Kush Moose. How are you doing? Not too bad. Fantastic. So it's been, you know, it's been a while since we've uh, talked to the podcast. It's not our fault. No, no. Well, you know what? And I'm going to say it's actually probably it's pretty nice because we we haven't really had to panic and like complete (laughs) things before they're done with the month because we've had some really light Game Pass leaving announcements, which has been great. So there really hasn't been like a big push to make announcements and you know come up with all this prognostication you know we still get our once per month for sure but the fact that barely anything's leaving is awesome i mean that's one way to look at it yeah <laughs> that and then life life is busy i'm actually in my newly finished basement now um so Sounds finally nice. got this thing all done yeah it's 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 a fancy <laughs> fun couch big giant tv anyway um, we should probably just get jump right into it because it. it's there's not a, a ton to talk about in terms of what's leaving since when this comes out, it will have already left the service. But that, yeah, that's that's how our year's gone so far. So yeah. my, <laughs> why should do, it change now? Right. I do. I'll just point out because there's only been two games, Opus, Echo Song of Sarstong. It is uh, 18 months. This is a Sigono. Um, they don't have any other games in the service, so don't worry about it, right? This thing's gone. They haven't even published any other games. Uh, this is their only game, and so it's, it was self-published, so you don't have to worry about them. But uh, Stardock, they are the ones behind Galactic Civilizations 3, which came up on its 24-month mark and is leaving the service or has left the service. Uh, Stardock does have two other games in the service right now. Uh, you have Off-World Trading Company, which will hit its 24 months in August and ashes of the singularity escalation. And that was, uh, that'll hit two years in September. So if you are following along with galactic civilizations, three August and September are probably going to be those um, dates for you there. So those are going to be longer completions anyway. So, you know, if, if you're thinking about doing it, now would be the time to get started. And that's it. That's all that we got leaving. Of course, we'll get some new announcements before the month is out. Uh, but you won't see that post until February 20th because of how crappy the months work. And Kush and I were just talking about it before. You expect the same thing in uh, March uh, because the month, February, there's 28 days. Or actually, it's just 29 this time. But we will still get late uh, announcements because of where the Tuesdays fall which sucks. Um, so I guess I don't know when we will get our next uh, our next time to record in, but we should jump right in. Um, I do want to touch on some March stuff real quick again, since it's been so long. When when did we record last year? Remember? Uh, gosh, was it last year? Um, it feels like it was last year. It's been last so long. Year. I feel like did we, yeah, we had to have done a January one, didn't we? I'm Maybe. sure we did a January one. There's there's no way to tell though. There's yeah. no 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 history or documentation of this <laughs> can't follow any of that stuff um but i do want to touch just a quick on some of the stuff i i have for march here um mentioned last time nino cooney uh, one and two those are going to hit 12 and 18 months respectively with bandai namco um 
you know, doesn't we miss JoJo and Gundam? So that didn't show up, but uh, still Bandai Namco is pretty high on on the those leavings, and I think the twelve eighteen is just too perfect to not have Nino Kuni leave both of those together. One that I'm pretty keen on, and um, at some point I'd probably like to do a bigger deep dive on this, is Let's Build a Zoo. Uh, the No More Robots game comes up on 18 months. So I've been working pretty hard on that genome project for that one. Um, if, uh, if I get it, that there's been some talk about that being bugged. So hope cross my fingers that's not the case. Um, we'll see. And then there's MLB The Show 23. I've mentioned this before, the easy call, right? We know uh, MLB The Show 24 is coming out, uh, and MLB The Show 23 is gone. And then I've got Infinite Guitars on here. It's a humble bundle joint where 80% of those games leave at 12 months. So uh, Infinite Guitars does seem like it's one of those March leavings, which brings us to April. Um, I do have in March uh, a game that I will talk about in April only because it was one of those early April releases. So there's a chance it, it leaves in March, but I'll get to that later on uh, because we are moving right into our Aprils here. Now, Kush, I've got two on here. I, I don't know what we call these. I, I currently have them as uh, public service announcements, but mm. maybe Uncharted Territory is the more appropriate name. Mm, and okay. It's because, well, we'll start with Spike Chernsoft. They have a game in the service called Research and Destroy. It's coming up on 24 months in April. The thing is, though, is all five of Spike Chernsoft's games um, that have already entered the service were gone at 12 months. So for whatever reason, this game is the sole survivor, and it has lasted twice as long as the others. Now that does, you know push me to think that we might be on 12 month uh, contracts. So it, again, I don't know, right? Uncharted territory. So if, if reaching just research and destroy was your thing, did you play that at all? Uh, not at all. I, no. I don't even have to look it up. It yeah. Doesn't, doesn't ring a bell. I did too. It's like a first person shooter. I think, I don't know. It didn't do anything for me. Um, maybe, maybe it's a turn-based. I don't know. Uh, the other one I have on here is Loot River, which you did play. Yeah, I started that one. I uh, didn't really get into it. Um, it was hard. You know, the Shinies. Yeah, it's a little yeah. hard, but I, I believe it has some accessibility stuff you can, you can mess with. Yeah, I need to get a little deeper on the accessibility stuff. But uh, this is the super hot team. It'll hit uh, 24 months in early May, like, like pretty early. Um, the four other super hot games um, that have already entered the service, they're all gone already. So this is another uncharted territory, right? Loot River has survived longer than any of them. So we don't know. We have no idea what to expect. But 24 months is as good as any. So um, kind of eyeball in late April, maybe that early May, Mark. Just throw it out there. And then we have a whole slew of games that we don't have any idea. There's not enough data. These are games that just they don't have really anything in the service or some of the games haven't even left yet. Um but let's go through the list here. We've got Blaze Blue by Arc System Works hitting the 12-month mark. They do have two games in the service um, right now. One is Blaze Blue, uh, and that's the longest one tenured. So we'll see what happens, right? But if this one leaves at 12 months, then we might feel good about the other one, uh, which I didn't even bother to look up. I think it comes up in uh, in May. Uh, so we'll cross that bridge when we get there. But Blaze Blue, no idea. 
uh, Seven Days to Die by uh, the Fun Pimps, published by the Fun Pimps. Uh, this is hitting its 24 month. This is our only game of service. So again, we don't have any really any data to pull from on that. It is a builder game, um, survival building game. So those tend to survive pretty darn long, but 24 is a, is a long time. So not sure. And then we've got Ebb Software's game Scorn, the gross, moist, pustule game. Uh, it's their only game of the service. And this is coming up on 18 months here in April. So guess this is good as mine on that one. Um, Koosh, we've got Last Case of Benedict Fox coming yeah. up on 12 months here. Um, it's a rogue games only game in the service. Is this something I could do in two weeks? In two weeks? Sure, sure. It's got accessibility stuff you can turn on. Uh, the combat is not great, so I wouldn't even bother with it. I mean, go ahead and try it. Once it gets stupid, uh, just turn the turn the you know combat off. Nice. Basically, and then it just becomes a discovery and puzzle game, and it's really good at that. Um, I like those things, though. Yeah, but the combat's just so bad. It's just so bad. That's a bummer. All right, we've got a triple here. Amnesia Collection, Amnesia Rebirth, and Soma, all of which are by Frictional Games. They're hitting 18 months in May. All three came at the same time, and all three of them are the longest games Frictional has had in the service. Um, that being said, they've also never had a game leave the service. So we have no idea what Frictional's uh, contracts look like. And that goes with Dyson Sphere program as well. Um, they are in uncharted territory here from Gamera Games. This is 18 months coming up in April. Uh, they did have one game in the service, Amazing Cultivation Simulator, which left at 12 months. And that was back in September of uh, last year. So Dyson Sphere hanging on for 18. Not sure if that's going to continue on or not. And then we've got two low, two more Homestead Arcana, published by Skybound Games. Uh, Skybound has five games in the service, and not a single one has left yet. So this is another one of those. We have absolutely no data. We have no idea what to expect. Uh, and then the final one, and this one's weird because it is a Medieval Dynasty, the Xbox One version. So. Toplitz Productions is the publisher here, and Medieval Dynasty has launched three times in Game Pass. Uh, it uh, 34 months ago, so almost three years ago, it launched into the PC preview program. 18 months ago, it launched for real, and that was the 1.0, and that was on Windows and Xbox X and One and S. And then it took them six months to release the Xbox One version. And that's the version that comes up on 12 months here. So who knows what this game is doing. Um, but it exists. It's stackable. Um, and it's there for you. Uh, not sure if we're going to lose it or not. We then move into our lower risk categories here. Um I'm going to start with NHL 23 by Electronic Arts uh, coming up on 12 months here. The thing is, though, is uh, NHL 21 and NHL 22 are both still in the service. They have not shut those servers down or pulled them from EA Play. So you still have time on those old ones, which leads me to believe that the current one is going to survive as well. We also have Coffee Talk 2 by Chorus Worldwide. This is coming up on 12 months here. Uh, Coffee Talk 1 was in the service, and that lasted for 15 months. And then Vambrace Cold Soul 
is the other game they had in the service, and that lasted 16 months. So I, I think 12 months, yeah, maybe. I'm kind of leaving it at that 50-50, maybe even better than uh, better. Like it's going to stay in the service probably to that 15-month, maybe even 18-month mark. But uh, it's on the radar, but this is that is one that you can finish within that two weeks pretty uh, easily since it is just a uh, – uh, walking sim or point and click. What do you, what do you call that? Um, visual novel. That, I think they call that a visual novel. Yeah. That's it's actually cool. it's genre. It is a visual novel. It's Perfect. eight to 10 hours with a TA walkthrough. So there you go. Definitely doable. Yeah. Uh, coffee stain studios. They, uh, have goat simulator in the service. Now this is goat simulator one. Uh, it was re-released in the service. So it's coming up on its second, anniversary of the one year um but this this has this has things all over the place because goat simulator 3 was just added two months ago and they've got deep rock galactic which has been in there for three and a half years um and then valheim is had two release dates coming up on uh 17 and 11 months as of april so like they're kind of all over the place and since goat sim was already in the service uh, and was pulled out and went back in. You know, I, I think this one's probably going to stay, especially with Goat Sim 3 in there. Uh, but 12 months is as good as any. So just throwing it out there. Um, it doesn't come with any of the DLC, right? So you, that's just base game stuff. So if you I'm wanted to sure get just base. Yeah. Dabble, uh, there's a lot of DLC that goes with that one. The last two I have listed here. A Plague Tale Requiem, the sequel to A Plague Tale Innocence. Did you play A Plague Tale, either one of these? I played Innocence, um, and I always intended to go back and get the stack of it, but I have not yet. <laughs> I have not started this new one, but I, I enjoyed the first game. So Yeah, um, first one was awesome. I'll enjoy it. Yeah, I expect I'll enjoy this one. So Yeah, same. And it's it's actually even in my RTDL pool, like to pull it, even though I haven't started it, it's like... Give me a reason to play it, and it's it's come up multiple times. And it I has still a can't great be... score on TA. Oh, it's got sure. a four point four one out of two thousand eight hundred and forty two. So that's wild. Not only is it a high score, but it's been voted on a ton. So yeah. that's good. So in April, this is uh, Focus Home Interactive. This is coming up in eighteen months. Now, the first game, I played Tale Innocence, survived for thirty five months. Um, so I'm I'm leaving this one as the lower probability for the eighteen month mark. But I do think that bumps up a bit at the 24-month mark. So, you know, we're probably looking at, um, you know, an extra eight months from today, which would put it toward, uh, you know, December um, of, of this, this 2024. The last one here is Chivalry 2. This is Tripwire Interactive coming up on 18 months. Uh, the other Tripwire game was Maneater. That survived till 24 months. Totally different game, completely different vibe, but uh, I'm kind of using that as my basis for saying I think it'll be fine at 18, and I think 24 is probably more likely. I could even see that type of game surviving a little bit longer. I then only, I only have one 50-50 game here, uh, and this is Nacon's Cricket 22. It's coming up on 24 months. Um, Cricket 19 left the service at 19 months, but that was May. That was a May date when it left. Well, May for this game is the 24-month 
for the PC release. So I think I think it has less to do with the time, and I think it has more to do with the time of year. So I could see this one. That's why I kind of have it at a 50-50, even though it's, um, you know, it, it doesn't align with anything else. I think we might hit 24 and it coincides with May and it would be a good reason for it to come out of the service. So just flagging that uh, as a, as a possibility. I put besiege on here. Uh, besiege from Spiderling studios. This technically is a May release, um, but it was, it was early May and this is the second time it's been through the service. It, the first time it did, it left at 12 months so it only had a 12 month uh, expiration and um and so I'm I'm banking on this one only having a 12 month expiration the problem is it came into the service on May 2nd so this could either be the end of April which is why I've got it a little bit lower on my hot list uh but this orange um so you know 75% is going to jump up to 90% in May uh if it if it survives that last announcement in April and then we've got Cassette Beasts by Raw Fury. Uh, this is another one of those early May releases. Um, there was a, a PC release in April. This was kind of one of those split ones. So it came out uh, in 12 months in, in April, and then it was console released a month later in May. So either one of those seems like a good potential point because Raw Fury has 80% of their games leave at 12 months. So... Is the 12 month mark from the first release in April or the console release in May? I'm leaning console release. That's why I think in May it's going to be a higher probability for me. Uh, but I just want to make sure that uh, it's on the list. This is that uh, Pokemon like game, right? Uh, yeah, the one without guns. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's right. It's uh, traditional Pokemon with what critters that morph from. I guess you're like Soundwave, like yeah. uh, I guess. There you go, boy. That's a that's an old poll. That, yeah, that's a, <laughs> that's a throwback. Yeah, another one here I have at the seventy five percent mark is Ravenlock, and this the only reason seventy five percent is because this is yet another early May release. Um, this is by Coco Cucumber, and they've had two other titles leave the service at the twelve month mark: uh, Echo Generation and Riverbond. They were both right on there. They did leave mid-month, but they also released mid-month. So since this one was early May, I'm, I'm leaning on this being a mid-May uh, exit. But for April here, I'm, I'm giving it a 75% chance because because it was so early in May, it, it, there's a chance that it sneaks into that end of April uh, time slot. Um, but I think Ravenlock, this is a also a short completion or relatively manageable completion this is the pixel like uh alice in wonderland right mm -hmm. yeah about four to five hours it looks like it took me exactly four perfect yeah so that's that's pretty manageable even when we get the reaction um so we can we can jump on that one mm -hmm. and the last set of games i want to talk about in terms of dates leaving in my risk assessment is phantom abyss uh, not much to say about this but it is a devolver digital joint at 18 months and then Loop Hero, which is the game I mentioned uh, that could be leaving in March. But if it doesn't leave in March, it's most definitely going to leave in April. That's a Devolver Digital joint as well at 12 months. So 
Uh, so details there, 50% of all of Devolver Digital's titles leave at 12 months. That's 14 out of the 31. And of those that survive 12 months, 50% of those leave at 18 months, six of 15. So it's, you know, that's why if both Phantom Abyss and Loop Hero stacked is because having survived the 12 month mark, uh, the chance is still 50, 50 at the 18 month mark for Phantom Abyss and Loop Hero is at the 12 month mark. Now, I do want to go into a little game showcase here on Loop Hero. Kush, I saw that you played this for exactly one hour. Uh, do you recall anything from your time, whether you enjoyed it or not? Um, yeah, uh, it was okay. Um, it, it definitely, I, I could tell that there was a just one more vibe to it. Um, but something shiny got in my way and uh, I didn't really go back to it. Uh, yeah. Fair enough. Uh, and as you can imagine, this is a uh, dream for free game. This is exactly the type of game I love. We're talking, here's the genres, roguelite, strategy, collectible card game. That's a little bit of a, of a misnomer, but it's pretty close. I'll, I'll get into the collectible card part of it later. This is, like we said, published by Devolver Digital and developed by Four Quarters. It launched right into Game Pass on April 4th of last year. TA has this as a 40 to 50 hour completion. I've played it for 85 hours. Now, the reason of uh, for such a disparity is that uh, if you use the TA guides and the walkthroughs, um, they will give you tips on how to build decks and how to target the specific achievements that are in there. When I played this, they those really didn't exist at the time. I, I played this pretty much right at launch and, and went right into it. Um, and stuff, some of that stuff was floating around at, in the greater Steam area, but uh, it was not on TA. And so I also really like this game. And so I was very happy to explore on my own time and, and not really look things up to streamline this at all. So I think 40 to 50 is probably reasonable, but that is relying on some guides as you get to the tail end. Um, let's talk about the story here. Super, pretty darn simple. You start the game, you've got this big black screen and an empty loop. It's a procedurally generated loop. It's like a little pathway and your little knight shows up on it. Uh, and your knight, he has amnesia. That's it, right? It's, it's, it's a pretty shallow story, but it gets deeper and more interesting as you go. But we're not talking about life-changing type stuff here. But it is interesting and it helps the narrative and explains why you are in this black emptiness void with just this little track right there. The gameplay is also super simple. Um, 80% of your screen is this little, this little circular map here. Again, it looks... It's just a little loop um, with a couple bends here and there. Uh, and it's procedure generated each time. That's your action area. That's where all the cool stuff happens. And then you've got a little side panel on the right. And that's got some gear. It's got your inventory and some stats of, you know, how your little knight dude is, is gearing up. And they'll still have things like damage or your attack speed or your evasion percentage or whatever. And there's a bunch of different things that can be in there to, uh, you know, min-max your your character as you as you play the, the game. Uh, like I said, the group is randomly generated. And you hit the little go button and your dude just starts going. It's an auto auto walker. You just, your guy just automatically goes around the, uh, the loop and the timer starts going and the timer reflects what time of day it is and so at the end of each day 
some things happen, right? The, the, the game progresses. And so typically monsters will spawn or I know some of the things is you get some life back, right? You um, each new day you get something that happens. Um, but mostly everything kind of triggers on those days. As you go around, you'll you'll run into monsters every now and again. The first monster you're going to see are these like slimes. They'll, they'll spawn no matter what. And so you can just, without doing anything, you will just fight slimes over and over and over. Once you get into the battle screen, it's an auto battler. You don't even have to do anything. It automatically attacks. Um, it's, you know, kind of on the timing. So based on your attack speed, you might go faster at the same time as your enemy. You wipe out the enemy and... Um, by killing those things, you can either get gear and or these cards. Okay, so what do these cards look like? Well, the cards are essentially different um, features in the land that you're that you're a part of. And so they start you with a basic deck, and your deck consists of, I think, 12 cards. And there's a different rarity for each card. So you'll start seeing things like uh, rocks. Or mountains, and it's a little square tile. Um, you know, you think of a, a giant grid that you're looking at with this little map on here, and you can just put the rocks down. And so, what the rocks will do is they'll give you plus two hit points, and you get a bonus two hit points for each adjacent rock or mountain. It's like, oh, okay. So I should probably put the rocks next to the other rocks, right? Because that'll that'll compound the uh, hit points I get. There's also mountains, which are the more rare rocks. They're a little bit bigger. Uh, now, that gives you a plus five hit points for each adjacent rock or mountain. So, again, if you start clumping your rocks and mountains and make a mountain range, essentially, as you as you build these little pieces out, individual tiles at a time, your hit points are going to keep getting higher and higher and higher. So that's like stuff that goes in the outer, like outside of the loop, Um spaces away from the loop and you fill in the land around later on there's stuff like forests and swamps and um and it, there's a whole bunch of different things that, that you can add to the world around you that all do different things and, and you can tailor those decks to how you want to play but that's way deep into the game we won't get there there's also some tiles that you can put right on top of the road so for instance there's a graveyard and the graveyard spawns a skeleton every three days. Okay, well, why would you do that? Well, the skeletons give you better gear. They are harder to kill, but they give you better gear. They give you better XP, uh, and you get different loot. So from like the slimes, you get like an ectoplasm, I think, is is the, uh, the crafting material you get from them. Well, skeletons, you get bone, and you can get metal from their armor and stuff. And so you pick up different crafting materials as you fight different creatures, and you want to try and get like test yourself in each loop so you get stronger and stronger and stronger because at some point there will be a boss fight and and you want to be as prepared as you can with like the best gear um, that you can accomplish in that loop um, and then there's some other things that that are adjacent to the roads for instance uh, a spider cocoon and that is it spawns a spider on an adjacent tile once per day so every day a spider comes out of the cocoon and lands on the road adjacent to it and so as you continue to fight creatures you know a, a couple of these cards will spawn into your hand your little thing below and you start putting them on the board and filling out um, essentially it's your memory of what this land looked like before you got amnesia and so you can make it whatever you want 
And there are some really interesting things that happen as you start putting pieces down and the game, they don't tell you anything. You don't, you don't know this until you start experimenting, but one of the early ones you'll find out and, and I'll just give this an example because you know, you'll find it right away. As you're putting down the mountains and the rocks, if you make a three by three square, so nine rocks and mountains, it turns into a mountain peak and that gives you 125 hit points, but it also spawns harpies once a day. And so now you have a new enemy type that you have to deal with. And um, those types of things pop up all over the place. So if you put something next to something else, it might change the effect of whatever that piece of that tile does. And you can use that to your advantage or disadvantage, depending on how you set up your, your little deck thing here. It's super interesting. It's fun. And that type of exploration and learning really is rewarding because as you start to, you know, fiddle around with, with these cards and, and see what ends up doing, you start to look at things and, and, and in your head, if you're like focused and paying attention to how you want your build to go, all of a sudden you're like, Oh, okay, cool. If I do this, uh, I can, I can really gear my, my, my fighting style to, you know, whatever. Um, there are three classes in the game. There's a warrior. He's pretty much straightforward. Uh, just smash things. He wears armor. He has a big sword. Uh, but you can have like axes and things. I think he get and and he gets a shield. Um, his things are like vampire. Uh, so he life leech, right? He can steal life. Um, he also can damage all of the enemies with attacks. Like depending on how you spec out your dude. But those are common things for the the warrior class. There's the rogue class, which is about attack speed and dodging and evasion. And then there's the necromancer class, which is super, super fragile. The thing is he, he gets killed pretty easily, but you summon all these skeletons around you. And so instead of just one person fighting a bunch of critters, you can have like five dudes on your side fighting a bunch of critters. And they get killed before the necromancer gets killed. So there are different ways to play, but like, for instance, um, one of the videos I was watching and it, it reminded me of when I was playing is you can build a place that instead of using mountains and rocks to get hit points, you get hit points for every creature you kill with a soul. It's like, oh, okay, so I need to kill stuff with souls. Well, then I don't want graveyards because graveyards have skeletons. Skeletons don't have souls. So I'm going to take the graveyard out of my deck. But, oh, I'm going to put in the forest because that gives me these little wolf-looking things. And they have souls. And so every time I kill a wolf thing, I'll get more hit points. And you can just jack up your character that way. And so you get to build all these different you know, approaches on how to play. I did say it was a roguelike. Uh, roguelite. And uh, what the roguelite elements are is... As you go through your loop, you will be collecting crafting materials. And as you successfully make one loop and you get back to your starting point, it'll ask you if you want to go home or if you want to keep going. And if you go home, you get to keep 100% of the stuff that you collected. You don't get to keep any of your gear, like your weapons or anything like that, but you get to keep all the crafting materials, 100% of what you have. If you choose to press on, you can still keep stuff but you are risking it as you go until you get to the next loop. But like, let's say you go through and you just barely survive a battle. You don't get your, your, your hit points don't replenish after each battle. So you have to survive the entire loop 
And as things go, the days take longer, more enemies spawn, et cetera, et cetera. It kind of builds upon itself. And so you, you're looking at it, you're like, I think I can make it one more time around. And that's when you pretty much can't. Um, at any point, outside of a battle, you can say, okay, I'm out of here. And you can keep, I think it's 60% of, of your stuff if you jump out early. Now, if you die, you only need to keep 30%. So, like, there's incentive of you saying, I'm not going to survive this next loop. I should take this loot, bring it back to my town, and I can build up the town and become stronger. And so when you go back to the town, you can do stuff like, uh, you know, build a potion shop. And so that when you do your next loops, you might have some potions on you. Um, you can unlock, there's, like, crossbow towers. So if you're near the starting point, there could be dudes with arrows helping you kill the creatures uh, around your home base which is super helpful. Um, and so like you can make your runs easier and easier as you develop your town. And of course, there's achievement for fully developing the town um, and, and building all the different structures. So it's, it's in your best interest to do that. Let's talk about those achievements. Uh, there are 50 achievements worth 4,000 TA. So this is a, a juicy, juicy uh, game. But not necessarily difficult. It, it's mo way more daunting uh, by looking at the list than it is actually completing the list. I will say there is one missable achievement. You absolutely do not need to worry about it. Uh, it is missable because you have to beat the boss on your first loop, which you, when you first play, you will have no idea how to do that. Um, I almost got lucky and beat him, but... Like, you will likely not understand the strategy and how to tile place to give yourself the best opportunity to win on your first go. So I saved it to the end. I saved it as my very last achievement because I can just start a, re a new game, and I think it took me two tries to beat it uh, when I started a new game. Now, you can, once you kind of understand the gameplay and how to, like, since you are given a deck at the start, you can't manipulate your deck into giving you the best chance to win but you kind of understand how to give yourself the best opportunity with gear and how to pace things so that you have the best chance of beating the boss on your first loop not overly difficult but uh, it does take some planning and and again you have to play the game to understand how to do that effectively the longest one you're going to run into is completing the bestiary uh, you have to go, they call it the encyclopedia, and it is looking at all the in-game items, all the in-game, uh, the bosses and the critters, and it is um, fully fighting them. Uh, so fighting them one time shows they show up in your little book, and then there's also a currency which unlocks information about those. And so you have to do multiple loops to get enough currency to buy all those all those spots you also for the bosses uh there's four bosses you have to beat the last boss six times because every time you see him he has a different set of dialogue and the sixth dialogue is the last set of dialogue and so you have to go through and do that six times to fully complete it uh, you will do that before you even have a chance to finish the bestiary anyway. 
because you're going to need like materials and stuff. So it sounds daunting that you have to go through the loop six times. Uh, you will go through way more than six times. There's an achievement for dying a hundred times. Um, it's so you will do lots and lots of loops. What I do like about this is the achievement pacing is awesome. Um, there's with the 50 achievements, they're super consistent early. Like uh, Kushi played for an hour. You got three achievements. Um, I would say you get about one or two achievements per hour for like the first 20 hours. So, you know, you're looking at half, if not 60% of all the achievements in that first 20 hours. And that's just by playing normally, you know, trying to, trying to complete loops and figuring out how the game works and doing that kind of thing. The later ones, you have to set up decks and scenarios to give yourself an opportunity to unlock those. So you very likely will not unlock those naturally. But what that does mean then is when you set up the scenario to do it, it's relatively easy to unlock. But again, you have to set it up. And then when you they, when you unlock it, it's such meaty TA. Uh, you know, we're talking four, five, six ratios just because it's convoluted to set up. But if you understand how the game works, it's pretty straightforward. You can get it pretty much right away. Um, the other warning I'll give you is that there is a press start achievement. Uh, it's setting out on your first exhibition or your first loop uh, un automatically unlocks one. So this will jump on your tag almost immediately. So if things I've said so far don't jump out at you or, or, or are keen to your interests, then uh, either play it on an alt or watch some gameplay. But I, I, will, I will warn you against watching some gameplay because the graphics are pretty gross. They, they don't look special at all. Um, it is, it is very muted colors and even the pixel art is, um, not terribly detailed, but the gameplay loop and the X, I don't want to call it exploration, but it kind of is because as you start putting these things, these tiles down, the world starts to change around you and all the little tidbits about who you meet and when you meet them and, you know, who remembers what about the world, this story is really neat and interesting, um, you know, albeit relatively shallow, but it's a cool premise. And, and, and I super, super enjoyed myself with this. So, Kush, what do you think? Yeah, it sounds like you had a great time. <laughs> you not so much. Um, you know, uh, these 40 to 50 hour games, if there's not like action involved, they're harder for me to, to stay kind of in them. Um, yeah. I can see myself going back in and just getting some easy stuff because, you know, I haven't died yet. This is achievement for dying. Right. <laughs> uh, right. So, yeah, and going 10 ex exhibition or excuse me, expeditions is right. not difficult. So, I mean, there's there's some low hanging fruit. As there super like is. To say. So I can I can see myself returning and getting some. I don't know if I'm going to stick this one out for the long haul, just because it's not, you know, I don't get to actually swing the sword. Nope. Nope. Everything is done for you. It's that super. It's, you know, it's almost a lot more like item management because as you, as you get things in your inventory, you're kind of looking, okay, does, what is the straight damage? Oh, this does more damage. Oh, but this one has thorns on it. 
Uh, so that's helpful. Oh, but this one, yeah, it's lower armor, but it also does life steal. And so you're kind of like, you know, like, like you would with Diablo where you're min maxing your gear. Um, you know, that's the extent to which you can help yourself out. But each, each, uh, class kind of plays differently. So like I had a lot of fun with the rogue, um, where it was all about, trying to hit guys as fast as you can and try to wipe them out with critical attacks before, you know, cause you're kind of a glass cannon before you get wiped out yourself. Uh, so like going high on dodge and attack speed and critical damage. Um, you kind of try to build your, your character out. You get a ton of loot, ton of gear and a ton of these tiles. And so, as you play, you like really start to figure out some strategies to how to give yourself the best opportunity to uh, to s- survive these loops. Um, I will admit, like those those first probably ten hours, you're just like, how the hell am I supposed to do this? Like it is, it 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 seems so difficult and daunting. And then as you kind of play, things start to appear, and you're like oh okay if i did this right and and the game kind of opens up and it got to the point like where i was consistent like i I was consistently finishing the game like i i knew exactly how to beat the final boss and how to deck my character out and what kind of deck to build um to give myself that opportunity so like it becomes pretty trivial as you go and and really you're just going into loops to get crafting materials so that you can unlock the the bestiary or build enough buildings to you know complete all the all the, the achievements that way so i will say that, like the the tail end of things is probably a little slow because you've essentially mastered the game at that point and you're just kind of going through the motions but that window's pretty short i mean you're probably going to only grind for you know, five hours there at the tail end um, to kind of clean everything up. But uh, I, I super enjoyed it. I had so much fun with this game. Um, this is, again, right up my alley. And, uh, and yeah, give it a shot. Like I said, it's probably leaving uh, in in May or in April, but there is a chance at least in March. So if, if this piques your interest at all, I would probably get started here soon just so that if the end of March comes up, you can make a mad dash to get some good TAD. Um, But even if it isn't until April, you give yourself uh, a couple extra weeks to get those hours in since it is 40 to 50 hours using some of those, those guides and stuff. And that's it. That's what we got for game passable mid February edition beginning february but also mid <laughs> first of feb yeah yeah and so i guess we'll see because by the time this comes out we'll already have announcements for what's leaving at the end of the month um gosh let's go back what did i even say was probably leaving madden 22 super mega baseball 3 um I still got JoJo and Gundam on here, which I was surprised these even survived January. So 
Oh, and then I mentioned Inculanati. Uh, we just got the announcement that that's coming. The achievements are going live at the one year mark. So, and and they retroactively unlock. So we'll see what happens. But I guarantee that. Well, what I, I guess I don't guarantee. I think that is going to start the twelve month clock. But we could also get a lopping situation where you've got two months with achievements. Yeah. So, so I'm a little nervous. A little nervous. But that's what we got for the end of February. We'll see what we'll see what pops up. Um, cool. I think I think that'll do it for us, Koosh. Yeah, I think we're out. I think we are uh, just waiting waiting on the next batch of info. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Oh, since we haven't talked in a while, and I tend to go long on my game showcases, where you're well past our target time. So sorry for you, all <laughs> listeners. But uh, guys, love should. It. You know, with, with the Super Bowl yesterday, Kush and I didn't get to play our games, so we didn't get to talk. Mm-mm. It's been busy. Got lots of zombies to catch up on. Yeah, I'll hit them with my car. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> awesome. All right, well, I guess that's us signing off. Hey, we'll catch you guys next time. See ya. All righty. Bye. Bye.